through the wide open country that I love Don't fence me in Let me be by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever but I ask you please Don't fence me in Don't fence me in Just turn me loose Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western sky That's going to roll. Good morning this morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to all of you and you and you and you. Good morning this morning. Uh, we're back. We're back at Gaslight. Yeah, it um, was a uh, crazy day yesterday, and I never really did uh, catch up on sleep, really. I had uh, about four. It was weird, though, too, because I, 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 I felt fine. I felt a little tired um, a lot of the day, but... Uh, I felt I felt fine with just that was really odd to have forty five minutes of sleep and still feel okay. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely do. Uh, I'm a little bit draggy right now, but that's because I find I finally went to sleep and but still, you know, kind of caught caught up a little bit, but uh, still not exactly, uh, you know where I I need to be but what the hell you know it's 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 only life we can we can catch up uh on later and all that other stuff uh, on on sleep and stuff when when we're dead I guess I I don't know what that means but I I've heard that before it's, it sounds good to me all right so this morning we've got a few things happening and that is uh some of the latest on the Saudi Arabia thing and there was a lot of uh stuff going on around this that that was interesting to me, and I did talk, in fact, to uh, to Jim Talent yesterday about this, and I, I did I did mention it and 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 with Jim, and I thought this was very interesting. I, I just didn't really know all the ins and outs about what really happened and what the ramifications are and all this kind of stuff. And now it turns out that there might be a real live connection to the Saudi prince, to this murder uh, of this journalist. And, 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 and then they have some audio tape. The Turkish folks have some audio tape of it, apparently. And so it's really actually becoming a thing. But keep in mind that for whatever reason, the news media and others had already determined and indeed predetermined that the Saudi government or Saudi royalty was responsible for all this. They, they they did the same thing they did to Kavanaugh. It's it's it doesn't. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter to any people in the media 
or anybody else for that matter, as long as they could somehow pin something on President Trump. I mean, they'll betray their grandmothers if they could somehow pin whatever was going on to President Trump. They don't, they don't care what it looks like. They don't care how hypocritical they look. They, 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 have, they have zero uh, concern about like, hey, wait a minute, though. Weren't you the people that told Romney that he was an idiot when he expressed concern over the Russians? Weren't you the one that, you know, when, when didn't Obozo go out there and say, hey, uh, the 1980s are calling. They want your foreign policy back. You know, remember he, he mocked him and everybody said, yeah, yeah, you guys scared of Russia again, you idiots. What, what do they have? You know, it's like, wait a minute, though. Fast forward to 2016, and these guys think that Russia is the world menace all of a sudden. And it's only because, first of all, they lost an election. So it, all of this has to do with losing an election. So that's, that's we've had to put up with their baby-ass temper tantrums for the past two years. It's been getting really old. And now we have, of course, all these individuals who are getting attacked, the GOP, everything else. And, of course, in Minnesota, we had two state GOP reps uh, who were confronted by individuals uh, threatening them and everything else. And the networks are all ignoring all of this. But anyway, on to Saudi Arabia. So now suddenly, you know, we've had these relationships with the Saudi royals for God knows how long. And it's always been mildly disturbing this relationship that they have had uh, and that we've had with the Saudi royals. They, they've allowed Wahhabists to start teaching children there uh, the art of terrorism and, and, and to you know educate them in these uh, schools where they're exacerbating the situation and making them you know more militant and the royals just look the other way. We've, we saw what happened with 9/11 and, and how the individuals who are, largely responsible for that were linked to Saudi Arabia. So I, I, I get all that, but it's not like this is anything new. It's not like this relationship is anything new to the U S but now suddenly it is. Oh, really? You get along with the Saudis. You're, you're, you know, Trump's rubbing shoulders with the Saudis. It's like, who hasn't rubbed shoulders with the Saudis? It's the American way. I mean, come on now. Suddenly though, there's the left. They're the, they're the individuals all just, you know, so righteous and so this and so that, that suddenly they, they were all, oh, we were onto the Saudis all along, weren't we? We, we, we? we knew about the Saudis all along. And now suddenly it's like, wow, uh, uh, unbelievable what these uh, people will do. Let me, let me just uh, text Carafano back because he, he, he's going to be on later on. We're going to also get Mark on here. A little bit later, too, uh, and uh, get him on. Hang on, let me seven point AST. I'm trying to. I, I have to work uh, all this stuff out with him. Kind of. Uh, it's funny. I was. I'm. I'm going to be talking to. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go, but okay, good, uh, great. So Jim will be on at six forty five. So I'm going to get uh, get him on. I'm going to see if uh, Casey can do earlier. Hold on. See, I have. Uh, I don't have really a producer. It's just me and in Matt. So I uh, do this. You know, what's amazing about this though. I don't have a producer. Uh, and um, hold on. Uh, and, and so I do all this stuff myself. 
And you know what's amazing is that uh, that uh, I'm trouncing all of the talkers and, and including my old station in the morning with with without with just me running the show. It's crazy what they all the resources they put into putting on that. Those, uh, well, never mind. Uh, but but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I in terms of uh, listenership and in terms of the engagements and. Everything else, I'm just like mowing them down. So uh, later on today, uh, just a heads up, I am having a conversation with uh, Dan Caesar with the Post-Dispatch, and we're going to talk a little bit about some stuff going on with KFNS. So I'm, I'm actually kind of giving you guys the, the scoop there. I, don't, I, don't, I, never, I don't ever want you guys to find out something uh, before, before uh, after everybody else does. I mean, you listen to the show. I mean, I want to make sure you... Uh, you do that. Uh, let me just see if Casey can do earlier than he wants to do 640. I'm texting me. 640. It's like, what do you mean 640? Who are you? 640. You can't, you can't, you can't do, give me a round number like 630. It has to be 640. You know, like, you know, the, the, the train to New York is uh, very tight these days. I mean, come on, Mark. Anyway, well, it's nice of him to be on anyway with, with me. I don't mean to be an ingrate here. Uh, but yeah, so even with the fact that uh, I don't have uh, that, that that I don't have a really a producer or anything else, eventually we're going to uh, we're I mean I'm, I'm going to do that once we get to Radio Free Almond 2.0. I'll be I'll be all about that, and it'll be it'll be fine, and we'll have even more and better uh, and better. Oh, you listen to Frank Opinion on on, on uh, KFNS, Todd. Frank Opinion's I have always liked Frank Opinion. He uh he's he's a very talented guy and uh I do I, Scott's cuz I could do 652. Yeah, I know. Isn't it crazy? I could do 640. Casey. Uh my listen, uh, get a hold of my secretary and she'll uh patch you through. I was like, "Okay, buddy. Sure thing. No 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 problem." So no, even without the benefit of having a crew or uh you know or producers and that kind of thing and obviously i would do be doing much better but i'm trying to get this whole thing off the ground it's very interesting to try to uh to to try to get uh uh the a, a business started basically and you know on your own and of course ryan and eric and i are kind of uh getting things together too in terms of beefing up the the uh the company so but still just by myself you know i've been in a situation where i uh i've been able to uh amass uh, as many listeners as i had at 971 i have uh, if if not more and that's without any promotion at all i don't have billboards i don't have anybody you know promoting me except for me well you guys are promoting me and I'm not even on a dial position. I'm, 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 you have to work to get me. So Facebook and then the stream. And then I still wind up running ahead of, of, of my competitors on a, on a regular basis. I just got news from Ryan that the podcasts, we have 1,100 podcast downloads every day. That's, that's 30,000 plus uh, podcast downloads a month. I mean, that, that's that's those are in, incredible numbers, and so you know, even without the the benefit of having 
a crew, so to speak, producers and everything else, you know, we're still knocking them dead. And so, you know, when we bring Radio Free Almond to a dial position, just imagine what's going to happen. There's still some people out there who don't even bother or can't really uh, do, uh, you know, get me because they don't they don't do the computer or they don't do the phone you know that kind of you know just people who are just a little bit more uh luddite in their approach to technology and i understand that and i get it but there's still people who don't even know where i am so you know that's so i haven't even begun to to fight here and and so yeah it's been it's it's going to be pretty cool well, well so anyway the the skinny of it is we're kind of like in these uh discussions with KFNS where we will just uh, put the Radio Free Almond product on that radio station is what we'll do. So everything you're hearing now is going to be the same, except you're just going to be able to punch in on a on a radio dial. Uh, and there's a chance I might not even be in the studios over there. I'll just be here. I, it, it'll be not a not be a big deal. So that's what we're working on. KFNS still does sports. They still have some good guys over there uh, in the in the morning, and I know. Uh, uh, Doug and Tim McKernan, those guys are good guys. And then, yeah, and then Frank Opinion's on there. Frank is funny. I, I used to go, uh, I used to go listen to him. And I, I worked with him in the in the old days, back when we had the uh, 93.7, Rock 93.7 KSD. And I was working with JC. And JC and, and, and Frank Opinion hated each other. And, of course, that was back in the day when people just, uh, yeah, Paula, thank you so much. And I can't wait until we can get some expansion on so you and Stan, the rest of the crew, can uh, have a, uh, have a. Uh, oh, we I think we could we will build a glass station on top of Neuter's office. Okay. All right, Chris, I'll do that. That's fine. Whatever. What do we want to do? Uh, but, Paula, thanks. And you and Stan could ultimately maybe even get a show. But the show's going great. I just... I can't wait until, first of all, I can take some phone calls and do a little more bells and whistles when it comes to the the production content uh, of the show and, and make it a little more easy to listen to. But uh, I know you guys are all appreciating the fact that I have more time and that we have uh, – we we're not breaking all the time even though I do have plenty of advertisers and people like that and, and, and people are stacking up. And that's great, including uh, Nutrition HQ. Am I wearing my Nutrition HQ hat or my Radio Free, oh, my Radio Free Almond hat? Normally, sometimes I wear my Nutrition HQ hat, and I really appreciate Ricky Hall and Jenna for their support uh, and their support of my body, too. Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks right there at McKnight in Manchester is where you're going to find them. So the advertisers are loving this, uh, and so we're just building on that. And and so, you know, I'll, I'll have KFNS if I'm on the on, – on, KFNS, they'll be printing money as as was ninety seven one before they fired me, and now they're they're not even making budget. But that's not my problem anymore. But nonetheless, the five ninety situation is out there, floating out there. I've still got my court case, still have my non compete, and so that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. So it's I I have to work all that stuff out before I start working on any kind of dial radio. But we're we're working it out now, and and those guys are really great over there. But Frank Opinion, yeah, he and J.C. Corker didn't get along, and that was back in the day when basically I don't know if you were supposedly a morning show person, anybody else in the morning was your enemy. So I, I don't know how, or anybody else in the afternoon, whatever. I just I never I never made any enemies in radio. It was like one of those things where I was uh, 
I, I don't think I have had anybody. There might have been people who hated me, but I didn't have anybody who I had a had an issue with in in radio my entire life, which actually pays off because uh, because what happens is is you, well, like for instance, when we were sold as ninety seven one, we were over that we were suddenly over in a building with Y ninety eight and KMOX and all those folks. And one of the things I told my crew at the time, I said, this is a, uh, this is my uh, example of why you never want to cross people during your career if you don't have to, uh, because you're always going to see them again one way or the other. They're always going to wind up, you know, in your midst at the, at the unlikeliest of times. So it's always good that you comport yourself throughout your career with a level of respect of, of people so that you don't wander in and start seeing these faces every day that are going to be disturbing you. So, no, JC didn't get along with a lot of people. Uh, that's true. And, and I, I really liked uh, uh, working with him, though. I, I really did. He's, he's, a, he's a hard worker and loved his audience, and so I, I've always had that respect for JC. Uh, but he and uh, – he yeah he's left winger doesn't doesn't have doesn't care for my politics at all so uh, he uh, he opinion didn't get along but I used to listen to opinion show when he was on five fifty it was a pretty good show I mean he has he's a pretty funny guy I remember he had that one guy who was the uh, who was the movie reviewer from Colorado he and, and they used to give him like uh, they he used to. Ju- <laughs> He used to judge uh, doing the uh, the a movie, and and the movie would get uh, so many. You know how somebody would get like, well, that's a four star movie. We're gonna give this movie four. All right, then. I then I because apparently this guy when he talked, he, I think he passed away. I feel bad for him, but uh, he used to do. Uh, he used to always say, "All right, then," and so they. That's how. Frank opinion picked up on that. So no, he had some interesting uh people. <laughs> He'd have people call in like for some sometimes and they would say uh they would say, "Oh, Reggie McDaniel, that's right, Todd. Thank you." Yeah, Reggie McDaniel was really funny. And he'd be on, they'd he'd talk about the movies and Frank would have him on. They'd talk for a long time about the movies and uh, he did the all right thens. And then the uh, the other one was when people would call in to uh, oh he went to Soldan High Todd wow Soldan High Soldan 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 High Soldan Soldan I I I remember they used to say that no you don't because you'd have to be really old but there was a time when Soldan High was entirely a Jewish school did you know that up there on the north side it used to be all the uh, the Jewish community up there. Speaking of all that, wait till you hear from Louis Farrakhan and his wisdom as we uh, go down the line this morning. Anyway, I'll go back really quickly to this. So, yeah, Frank has the show there. Uh, very funny. And, uh, yeah, at least, all right, then, came from from Reggie McDaniel always going, all right, then, when, they, when, when he would say goodbye to him, I think. And, and that's how, that's how they, they did it. So, Frank Opinion is a very talented radio guy and picks up on some of these little nuances. Like, for instance, when uh, the uh, – I actually know, Tim, I did not know the Mad Hoosier, but I remember the Mad Hoosier. I do remember that guy. 
a lot of you guys are, are you guys know a lot about radio, which is great. And St. Louis radio has been very interesting, by the way. And uh, I, I don't know what happened to the Mad Hoosier, but I, I do remember the Mad Hoosier. And so uh, <laughs> oh, Margaret says, I don't remember this old end chart chant, and I am old. Well, you're not that old, dear heart. You're not that old. So then, so if someone would call into the Frank Opinion Show, and you know how people talk, and they're like, anyway. And, well, they had some old lady they had on there, and, and she was, anyway. So anytime anybody, you'd call into the show, and, and somebody would be talking, and they go, so, anyway. And then you'd hear them push this button going, anyway. So it was very funny, but, but yeah, I guess you got to be there. Sorry. So, yeah, no, somebody had asked earlier, John did, about uh, Tim McKernan's show. Yeah, they have... Um, they have, oh mom, Julie Matthews, mom can mom can sing that okay, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. D- d- no, the McKernan show, all that all that stuff is going to be. I think we're going to find some way to. Inf- I don't know. I I don't I don't, I can't. I'm not going to get into all that. I, I mean, McKernan, and those guys do a good job. I'm just saying that 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 uh, we're going to figure something out, and that's that's what you're going to see ultimately in the newspaper. So I just want to give you a heads up. I'm going to talk to Dan Caesar, who's a good guy. Uh, and, uh, and so, oh yeah, it was, uh, was it Bernice? Yeah, Paula. It's Bernice. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was Bernice, right. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. I just want to, but I want to give you guys a heads up because I figure since we're such a tight knit group here and a big group at that, but then you see something in the paper, it's like, well, why, how come, uh, you didn't tell us about that. So I just want to make sure you, since you guys are family, that you know there's going to be something in the paper. It's not going to be a big deal. but And I'm sure people will all, the, the usual suspects will all call K. Don't you dare do blah, blah, blah. It's like, pff, pff, go away. I'm, 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 I'm worth more in gold to these guys than your phone call will ever be. So uh, I don't worry about, don't worry about the mob coming back. First of all, most of them were from out of town. So with the exception of a, of a, of a small group of, RFT, uh, K, whatever the hell that radio station is at that, that uh, little, the little stick out there. I don't know what it's called. Um, I forgot. K, um, it's it's the alternative. Uh, nobody listens to it. I don't even. I can't even remember what it is. But they've got a bunch of people over there who are a bunch of left wing meth heads who uh, just will go crazy on on Twitter or something like that. But they're. Uh, they don't. They they don't. They don't matter. But they will be uh, calling. I'm sure. Get, giving you know. Don't do it. You can't do. We'll boycott. It's like yeah, right. Kiss my ass. Because yeah, there will be a day when when you definitely uh, will. So maybe not right now, but ultimately you will. But I'm not a I'm not a vengeful person. I just uh, I don't get mad. I just get even. That's all. Hey, I'm drinking cold coffee. California cold brew in a, from a bottle. Comes in a bottle. Well, I'm paying, you know, $3.25 for a bottle of coffee is beyond me, but look good at the time. I figured I'd, I'd save myself a trip from uh, uh, drop to dropping off. So anyway, back to Saudi Arabia. Before we get to the national anthem and before we uh, start uh, moving on here. So that's the skinny on Saudi Arabia. So now suddenly Saudi Arabia is the big thing for the left who have discovered this. The U.S. has a relationship with the Saudi royals. 
And I'd say to them, it's like, oh, great. Uh, you, you finally wake up. It's the same thing with Russia. You know, when they were like, you know, Vladimir Putin's a terrible guy. Oh, really? He, he wasn't terrible when, when Obozo was president and hazing Mitt Romney when he talked about Russia. I mean, I never believed, I never thought it to begin with. I wasn't really scared of Russia, no matter who was in charge. But, but, but just, just so you know, the Democrats didn't give a flying F about Russia back when Obozo was sitting there promising them this and promising them that. And they, after, after I get reelected, I'll take care of business for you. So, yeah, right. Exactly. But nobody cared about that. Now it's all about Russia collusion and President Trump's a traitor and everybody's Russian and we're all colluding and blah, 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 blah. They never had that opinion. So, so the Saudi Arabia story is just absolutely similar. Everything about the left hypocrisy converges. Uh, they don't believe that anybody is uh, innocent before being proven guilty. So automatically the prince was guilty. Now it turns out he probably was guilty. And, and the U.S. has a little bit of a conundrum on their hands because this is going to be a problem. Uh, but, but, but believe me, rubbing shoulders with crazy regimes, whether they be the royals or not, is something that the United States has done for the ages. And so suddenly all the left is like, how dare you rub shoulders with Saudi Arabia? It's like, come on. You mean when Bill Clinton was basically just – he'd go over there. He'd put on his golden slippers and his turban and hang out with these guys all day long in their robes and everything else, these people over there. So, no, we've had relations with them all the time. It's going to be a little more complicated now, as Jim uh, will point out when I talk to him at 645. The whole situation uh, with, with, with this is now suddenly becoming a, a geopolitical mess. So we're going to have to figure it out. But in the end, you know, there might be some kind of different prince installed or something will happen. But, you know, murdering your enemies isn't really something that's going to be tolerable. Uh, I I imagine even to the royals at this point. So if indeed the prince is guilty of this, there'll be something uh, there'll be hell to pay for him. But let's not fool ourselves. okay? we've had relationships with these guys for heaven knows how long. And, and it just is uh, – it, it, so the, the left suddenly – they always find something that, you know, yeah, the Saudi prince. It's like when is when's the last time you even thought about the Saudi prince? Yeah, the Saudi royals are terrible and so is President Trump, a typical abuse. It's like, oh, Lord. You guys, you, guys, you guys haven't even said the word Saudi in 15 years. Now suddenly this is your thing now. You're going to win is this how you're going to win the midterms now? Is it is that you you're the you're the anti-Saudi party? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, you see, we would never have a relationship with the Saudi royals. That's uh, terrible. And they think that's going to run them through the the midterms, which is slowly but surely becoming a disaster for them uh, anyway. So now then of course the Saudi issue is talked about on all the uh news stations and all the uh all the other things out there. And so this uh, contributor, Jason Johnson, uh, decided that they were going to, uh, he was on uh, Ari Melber's MSNBC show, The Beat, which is The Beat. Come on. Yeah, welcome to The Beat. It's like, yeah, sure thing, buddy. That'll, that Can't wait to watch The Beat on MSNBC. I'm sure 
you're beating it there on MSNBC. You go ahead and beat away, Ari. Let's watch it. Let's let, let's watch you beat on MSNBC, which is kind of what we watch them do all day long together. If you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, they decided they were going to have this uh, Jason Johnson on who was going to maintain that. And, and, and President Trump's comparison of this whole thing to the Kavanaugh situation is absolutely perfect. Everybody knows that because this was a uh, this was a uh, totally uh, guilt before any innocent situation. They had no idea whether the royals were were responsible for this then and they and they didn't care. So uh that was the deal. So anyway, this uh, this Jason Johnson goes on MSNBC and decides that 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 the this issue with President Trump's response to what happened is uh, is a matter of racism. Keep in mind, the president's response was a necessary one because the Saudi government and the Saudi royals we have a we have a pretty important important alliance with them. Not only in from the standpoint of trying to engage them in our combating of Islamic terrorism, but also in the uh, engagement with Iran. And as you know, uh, Iran being Shiite and, and many of the people in Saudi Arabia being Sunni, there's a there's a natural uh, aversion there and a natural split. And we've needed them. That, that's just how things work out, and, and it's always been that way. And so you can't automatically just accuse one of your allies, one of the people you're working with, one of your you know, friends, even though they're people you just – it's more like keeping your enemies close kind of thing. You can't just go out and accuse them of murder. I mean, I mean there's, a, there's a lot to, this, to it, and you just can't do that. This isn't – well – MSNBC. This is the real world. And so you can't just accuse people of murder. But anyway, this uh, Jason Johnson character decided he was going to make this an issue of race, which is what uh, that's just all black commentators do now on it doesn't matter what what uh, venue it is. If you're a black commentator on TV uh, and you're not conservative, you're only currency is 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 squawking and bleeding like a pig about ray racism because that's what that's what you do that's what your role is you go on there and you accuse white people of being racist that's kind of your job your that's what that's that's your uh that's what you do is you go ahead and pole dance for all the uh black racists out there and and your job is to go out there and dutifully dutifully accuse people of being racist. That's kind of what you do. So as long as you do that and you're wearing smart glasses and maybe even you have crazy hair, then you're you're in. You can you can squawk away all you want. So this guy, uh Jared J- Jason Johnson is uh, talking about President Trump being racist here. The president is completely in the pocket of any other dictators in the world because he admires their ability to basically kill or tacitly allow the death of anybody who criticizes them. I don't think the president ever got on the phone with anybody in Saudi Arabia. I don't think he read any sort of, uh, you know, uh, NSA analysis to come. This guy, he doesn't know whether or not the president or anybody else or was talking to Saudi Arabia. He has no idea. He's just, I don't think they talked to them. Well, what kind of commentating is that? 
I mean, and this guy, this black dude, you talk about black privilege. That's black privilege right there where you don't, you can get on and just flap your mouth without any factual basis at all. I don't think he talked to the Saudi Arabians. I don't think he looked at, it's like, um, how do you, do you, do you know, is there anything you, any, any material you have in front of you that gives you any kind of factual basis on which you're making your, your, your statement there? Instead of just sounding like any any corner crackhead th- who I could talk to? Criticizes them. I don't think the president ever got on the phone with anybody in Saudi Arabia. I don't think he read any sort of, uh, you know, uh, NSA analysis to come to that decision. He basically said, I don't care. Yeah, right. That's exactly what he said. Uh, what's your name again? Jason Johnson. Just another, just another uh, uh, racist from Central Casting. Who's going to go out and call the president a racist? I just he just said I don't care. Oh, really, uh, Jason? Do you have that on tape or any kind of factual basis on which to say that the president just said I don't care? Was a brown journalist. He's oh. not an American. I see. Okay. Um, it's interesting because, by the way, what color are the Saudis? Because apparently the president is racist. Because this was a brown journalist. And so he decided that he's uh, now going to favor brown people in being racist against a brown journalist. Because when I look at the royals, they're brown. I think, aren't they? So th- so these guys twist themselves in these knots that, that are just, I mean, if there was some kind of, uh, some kind of Olympic... Uh, sport that they could install like this where you're bending yourself in these kinds of situations, old Jason would get a gold medal, I'll tell you. That decision, he basically said, I don't care. It was a brown journalist. He's not an American, and I'm perfectly happy with our relationship with Turkey, and I'm perfectly happy with our relationship with Saudi Arabia. Okay, so if you're racist against a brown journalist, because the journalist is brown, and because you're so covetous of a relationship with two other people who are brown, although Turks are not always brown, they're they're more uh, mocha, I guess. I don't I don't know. Uh, then then how is it that you can possibly explain that the president is being racist against a brown person by sucking up to brown people? It doesn't 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 make any sense. <laughs> And, and I'm perfectly happy with our relationship with Turkey, and I'm perfectly happy with our relationship with Saudi Arabia. Do you think I just this want to be clear about? What I just want to be clear about this. Is this, is this like? The, is this who is this guy? Is he the host? Oh, because they have who do they but have? You think on, it might have been different if, if it was a different person? Uh, yeah, I think I think he just said that uh, Ari. How long did it take you to come to that conclusion? So what are you saying now? Are you saying that the uh, uh, this person were not? Uh, uh, Brown, that you would be. I think he just. What did, did you just listen to what he said? Yeah, he definitely said that. If this person were not brown, President Trump wouldn't have discriminated against him by colluding with brown people against the brown guy. It's like, um, 
Well, what did I miss from this whole discussion here? Oh, yes, yes. I think oh, there is yes. a possibility. Yes, Look, yes, of course. I'm not going to name any particular news networks, but I suspect that if this was someone who was a, a, an American who was born here of a different color and perhaps representing a news outlet that the president <laughs> was more happy with. Right, right. So if he, were a, if he were a Fox News contributor or something, then he would be uh, okay. So it, it, this is unbelievable but this is what you're getting he may have a very different opinion about how serious this is yeah boy i mean listen if if guys like this can do that and be a contributor why can't i be a contributor at fox news i mean how where do they get these people and 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 no one and the problem is everybody's there bill crystal who's a never trumper is also a contributor there on MSNBC. And and you wouldn't imagine that uh, so-called conservative Bill Crystal would ever bring that up and say, um, that kind of doesn't make any sense that this is all about racism when the president's, when the primary thing the president's being accused of is being, being racist against a brown guy because he's colluding with brown people to go ahead and scrub under the rug a brown guy's death. It doesn't make any sense. So he finally kind of included the the Fox News. Well, well, if he wasn't a, a Fox News, if he was a Fox News journalist, then he'd also be, uh, it'd be more important to them. So this is a mess. And believe me, it is going to be a mess. In about five minutes, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give Jimmy Carafano a call, and we're going to talk about the ramifications of this deal. And it turns out, it probably will turn out, that the the prince if he's guilty of all this probably did this mostly honest i don't i don't believe that this would have been a an organized governmental takedown and we'll talk to jim a little bit more about that and and get his take on it but my supposition is that this isn't something that we're going to have to deal with the entirety of the saudi government uh, over but we'll see how it goes but please the idea that somehow we've got to listen to the peanut gallery over there uh, from the left as they flutter their eyelashes and fan themselves over our relationship with Saudi Arabia. You know, welcome to America, you idiots. We've had a relationship with the Saudis for heaven knows how long. It has always been a, a fruitful one and sometimes even a harmful one in terms of the Saudis drumming up terroristic elements within their own country. But don't you're not kidding anyone when you're talking about how, when you just discover that we have a close relationship with the Saudis. Just go over there and uh, just roll some tape from the 1990s and 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 President Clinton. Anyway, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. <laughs>
Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now's the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home. And Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 114937. Manufacturing Studio, dddtruckusa.com is the website for my friends over there. Really appreciate all they do. Thank you again to the folks over at Southern Glazers. Where these guys are great people. And Phil, thank you so much for your support. He's a listener to the show and a friend of Mike over there at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. For the sponsorship of the Radio Free Almond Halloween show at the Lent Mansion. Hope you guys enjoyed that. and I certainly did. It was uh, a fun time and very interesting. I did post finally that video yesterday and there's more to come from all that but really cool experience at the Lemp Mansion thank you to Lemp Mansion by the way for your help too but yeah Redemption Bourbon and Redemption Rye uh, great products and definitely good stuff and it's called Redemption and the bourbon itself is uh, honey tastes a little honey honey a little sweet, but not that sweet, but there's a little bit of caramel honeyness to it, which is very nice. And then also they have the uh, the Redemption Rye, which uh, is a little uh, more of a bite to it, which is good. I, like, I happen to like rye whiskey, and something with a little bit of uh, ice cube in it is great. So thank you, you guys, for, for, uh, for sponsoring the Radio Free Almond Halloween show. I'd never done one of those before, and it turned out really cool. And I didn't get any uh, any people grabbing me in terms of like, Were you you know, what are you falling for all that crap for? Your ghosts and stuff. It's like, no, I I like that. I believe in that stuff. Lisa Kemp was giving me trouble uh, yesterday because I kept calling her Mama K. She goes, you know, I have a real name. It's like, I know. I didn't know. Okay, fine. I won't call you Mama K anymore, Mama K. You need to use her real name. Especially when she comes a, becomes a reality TV star. She's like, when I become a reality TV star, I'm not going to be called Mama K. In fact, uh, Mama K, 
Why, why don't you just? Are you just going to go? Uh, you just going to? Why don't you? When you become a celebrity with the uh, with the reality show, maybe what you'll do is just to call yourself uh, an L for Lisa. You just do one letter thing like Prince. You can do that. It'll be cool. But anyway, Mama K, it was great to have you there. And uh, yeah, and Matt was talking about how the uh, camera flickered. While we were talking, uh, and absolutely while Mary was talking directly about who they thought the ghost was. And Matt's not, you're not really like a, you're not a gullible guy. Oops, I better call Jim. Damn it. What am I talking about here? I mean, I think I have, uh, let, me get, let me get Tim here. Hold on a second. Sorry. Better get this uh, going here. Sorry, Jim. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, I'm off by. Uh, oh, off by seven forty. Still waiting. Okay. Uh, all right. So Jim's gonna. He's having to do another interview. Okay. Just let me know when to call. He's trying. He's doing another radio interview, and they're late. Why they're late? They shouldn't be late. I'm never late. Why they're late, but they're late, uh, and I'll just have them. So I'm going to be on text for a second here, so I'm not going to be able to kind of chat with you, uh, you people. Mark, can we do earlier six to no? I guess I can do Mark now, but uh, I might have to skip you, Mark. Let's see. Sorry, I'm 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 doing all this now, but it's just me here. Uh. I'll give um, Mark a chat. You know, did you see that the that that uh, Claire McCaskill, that whiny little person, is now demanding that there be some kind of uh, Josh that Josh Hawley appoint a special prosecutor so that she can they can investigate the uh, James O'Keefe tapes that busted her being a hypocrite and a two faced lying politician. I demand Josh Hawley appoint a special prosecutor. And Josh's like, sure thing, Hillary. Uh, I'm sorry, Hillary. Sure thing, uh, Claire. I'll get right on that. <laughs> He's like, no. Actually, when you tell me what what kind of crime was committed, you then you go ahead and uh, and, and you follow up on and you follow up on that. And let me know. But yeah, Claire tried to make a big deal out of it. You know, I demand that Josh Hawley appoint a. Spe- it was so great. It was such a like a major league wine festival that Claire McCaskill decided that she that 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 she was going to demand that demand that he recuse himself from the investigation and appoint an inspe- a special prosecutor to look into Project Veritas. KMBC in Kansas City is reporting the news, everybody. Uh, Come on, KMBC. Take it away, but not before we have an ad that I'm going to have to ultimately skip, ladies and gentlemen. But, yeah, that's Claire McCaskill's response is that she wants a uh, special prosecutor. Over a hidden camera inside Democrat Claire McCaskill's campaign headquarters. The Missouri Senate race isn't blowing up, my dear heart. Uh, Haley, Haley Harrison. Uh, the the thing that's blowing up is Claire McCaskill's campaign after she was busted and disgusted and can no longer be trusted 
being on tape on a couple of levels saying, first of all, yeah, uh, don't tell anybody, but I'm going to vote to impeach Kavanaugh. Don't tell anybody, but I'm going to vote to grab everybody's guns. Don't tell anybody, but I really don't like those rural voters as much as I say I do. And in fact, I'll give some of them up just to have some urban voters. Yeah, she was busted doing all that. And so when you're like that, of course you're going to be angry. But the Senate race isn't blowing up over that. It sounds like uh, actually like Claire McCaskill's campaign is blowing up over it. But anyway, I'll let them I'll let them talk for a second here. Go is blowing up over a hidden camera inside Democrat Claire McCaskill's campaign headquarters. In that video, McCaskill campaign staffers talk about how Planned Parenthood campaign donations are hidden. Commitment 2018 coverage tonight from Michael Mahoney. Michael. Stephen, the Democrat McCaskill's campaign says it's going to pursue legal action on this. They're also asking for the Attorney General Josh Hawley, her Republican opponent, to appoint a special prosecutor <laughs> to investigate yeah. possible violence. Yeah, I'll get right on that, Claire. As soon as monkeys start flying out of my ass, I'll make sure that that all is taken care of. You got to give Mahoney credit, man. This guy's been around forever, and he's still over there. Good, good, good for. Uh, Good for KMBC to actually uh, to actually keep him on there, you know, instead of uh, running these people out like that. All right, so Jim Carafano has just notified me that he's he's available, so I'm gonna I'm going to call an audible here and uh, find Jimmy's number on Skype and give him a call, and we'll talk Saudi Arabia, and then I'll get back to the Claire McCaskill thing. But uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, um, we're gonna. Let me just make sure. Is it the office line? Hold on a second here. Damn it! Hang on, people. You got to you got to give me a second here because I got I got to figure that that out. Uh, office line. I know I should have this t- taken care of beforehand, but sometimes I just don't, and I don't have a producer yet. So this is the kind of stuff I have to take care of on the air. But you guys don't care, do you? I'm, office line is my question mark. Hoping he's actually going to text back the office line to me. But my nightmare will be he says yes, and then I'll say, oh, there. Oh, he, he, he texts back the number. See, that's how we roll, people. Hold on. I should know this all by now, but why would I? Know what I mean? Respect for me, people. Here we go. Ready, set. Jim Carafano. Ladies and gentlemen, James Carafano, JJ Carafano on Twitter. What's going on, Did brother? Did I just say that? What's that? Yeah, how you doing? Well, <laughs> I, 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 look, I, I've already been up since like four this morning. I did Fox business yesterday and today on this Saudi thing. Yeah. Yesterday, we actually had a screaming match, and uh, today was a little more a little more civilized. Okay, so what, you? Well, I, let me guess. The screaming match was about how... Somebody on the left or whatever suddenly discovered that the United States has had a relationship with the Saudi royals for going on decades now, and they were pissed about it because it happens to be the Trump administration, correct? I mean, I, I was attacked for the, having the temerity to say that it's a murder investigation. We actually ought to know the results of the investigation before we become judge, jury, and executioner. I I don't know why that was an unforgivable, irresponsible comment. But. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, because the midterms are coming, and they're hoping to to run against the Saudi royals uh, at, w- in November. So that's kind of what. Yeah, I, you know. 
I saw somebody tweet on that, and and the one thing I can almost say, if, I mean, you know me, I do policy, not politics, yes. right? But um, does anybody seriously think that um, this Saudi thing is going to impact the midterm elections? I mean, no. give me a break. That's just not. Right? No, I, I, I think. think yeah. No, I think Gingrich hit her. Right, he said two words. Kavanaugh and Caravan. <laughs> right. I think that's right. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, and again, this is obviously a serious matter as it relates to a potential crime committed by someone in a government that we have a relationship with, uh, right. and it's a heinous one. And so we would obviously, you know, be following up on that. But the fact of the matter is, there is a lot at stake in terms of how we handle this because you know our relationship with the Saudi government is uh, a a critical one on on a number of different levels, and so taking a even handed approach is not diabolical and and uh, a level of corruption. It's just us dealing with an ally or a uh, a. a diplomatic kind of situation that we have to be careful with, correct? And, yeah, and and we have to look both at what was actually done and what is the response to that, right? So, who did what, and then what do the Turkish and Saudi governments do in response to the facts? And, and that's the basis on which we decide what we are going to do going forward. And we don't have that yet. And look, and, and Congress should play a part of that. But look, Congress isn't going to look at this until after they come back from uh, the midterm elections. So, And there's no forcing function that says justice has to be done in the next 47 minutes. This is not an episode of law and order. So we have weeks to really unfold this in a proper way. You know, I, I, I pointed out that what the British did in that poisoning investigation, that is a that's the blueprint to follow. Because the Brits essentially conducted a serious investigation, they were able to galvanize global support for the response to the Russians going forward. That's what we should be doing here. And let's be honest, neither the Saudis or the Turks are doing that now. And that's what we should be pressing them to do. We should not have sent Pompeo to Riyadh and Istanbul. We should have sent the FBI director say, okay, let's get serious about it. how do we do a proper investigation here and get to real facts. Um, and I think that's what, what we're waiting for. So I had, I was actually at three, you know, two o'clock in the morning, whenever I was at Fox, they had one of these, these political poster guys. And it was really, really interesting. Um, you know, I don't do politics. So, so I'm always interested to talk to people that do. So he was you know, basically saying, cause the Saudi thing is a nothing burger for things. But, um, he, he, or they um, argued that it really was the way the Dems drove the Kavanaugh thing that essentially got the got the Republicans kind of back in the game in terms of the midterm. And it's interesting the Democrat and the Republican person kind of agreed. Probably the Republicans pick up one or two seats in the Senate, which has only happened like four times since since the 1930s, where the party that held the presidency actually gained seats in the Senate. And, and they both agree that the, the house is a toss up, that there's probably 11 or 12 races that could go either way. And that'll, but eventually we're, you know, we're going to not have a terribly difficult makeup of the Congress. than we had, you know, before the elections. No, I, I, you know, it was interesting how, when the president said, you know, basically 
don't blame me if uh, the House, if the Democrats take over the House. And that's mainly because in this environment right now, whether you are looking at geopolitical success that the president has had or economic success domestically that the president has uh, shepherded in, you have to be, in my opinion, either a Republican who got accidentally elected in a Democrat district or you have to just be a terrible Republican candidate to actually lose an election in this environment. And so just with just with everything going on yesterday, right. I had three stories I was able to tell that were fresh morning stories. One about uh, J.B. Hunt Trucking talking about wages increasing 20% by 2019. The other was U.S. Steel increasing pay for their people. And the other one, and you'll like this because you like this uh, foreign stuff, uh, the folks in Davos, Switzerland declaring the U.S. as the number one most competitive economy in the world, which is like, wow, that's right. pretty amazing. No, I, I mean, I think it's, I, I, I think all that is, is very reflective of what we're saying. I mean, the, the reality is, is if, if the Republicans break even close to even, that's a major achievement because usually you take big losses in the midterm because so, and, and if this president, I mean, again, it's not a partisan comment, it's not a political comment, it's just doing analysis. If he keeps a strong economy, which I think he's rightly focused on as his number one objective, and you know stays out of World War III, it's a that's a difficult uh, record for uh, somebody to to challenge him on. Jimmy, so what happens ultimately if we determine if it's determined that uh, this prince did something is responsible? Is it just a matter of just simply removing him and getting somebody else in there, or what? How does this work? Well, one, I think we have to get the facts of what happened, and then two, we have to see how the the Saudi Arabian and the Turkish government deal with those facts, and and then I think we go from there. And I, I don't know necessarily. I feel predict comfortable at this point predicting, you know, what that looks like. The other thing I say, look, we actually have, you know, since this person had a, uh, was lawfully president of the United States, we do kind of have a dog in the fight. Um, and we, there's actually a lot of law in the books on what we probably should do. So actually, I think making the policies the easy point once we get to the facts. So I, I'm, and, and I said, I think it's going to take weeks to play out. So I'm happy to have this conversation about where we go from here in kind of mid-November when we're a little bit calmer and, and we can assess things and we can weigh the things you pointed out. You know, the, these are both critical strategic relationships that we have with Turkey and Saudi Arabia and we have the facts of the case and we see how the governments are responded to it and then we can say, okay, what's the right thing to do? I mean, it just sounds incredulous, right? If you sit around and listen to the news and thing like, well, if we don't decide this today, the world will come to an end. But right, I, I right. just think that's the reality of it. No, I know. It's it, it, The thing is, they're trying to – everybody's trying to, to, to uh, put this square peg in the round hole. Right. I, 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 I had one guy – I saw one guy on MSNBC telling people that the president's approach to the murder of this journalist was was racist because the journalist is brown. I'm going, you mean he's colluding with brown people? 
against a brown journalist, and he's racist. I mean, I was trying to figure all that out. Then, the, then they try to compare right. this to the to the fact that oh, the president uh, calls it the enemy media, so it's no wonder they're killing the media. It's like okay, okay. so right, they, yeah, and, I mean, and then they just discovered this relationship with the Saudi royals, which has been a part of American foreign policy for right, yeah. how long. I know it's it's yeah. it's all pretty ridiculous, but yeah. um, uh, you know, you're out there. And, yeah, no, I mean, tomorrow there'll be something crazy that'll be on this. I, I wonder, and if, if the, if this, uh, hasn't peaked, I mean, you know, I had this article come out, this last article this morning, and, um, people can weigh that. And, and, but I, I wonder, since there aren't any actually new facts coming out right now, I, I wonder if we actually start to move off this, um, if we haven't hit peak. And the issue, it won't go away. It's going to continue to play out for weeks, and it may come back and be a big issue at some point. But I wonder if the frenzy is actually going to start to to go down after. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with you know how many distractions that some people in the media want. Right. What's the name? Right. Uh, you can't keep talking about the you can't, uh, the Elizabeth right. Warren debacle. You got to latch on to something else that can divert you from right. that. So, right. All right. Yeah. So you, you no know, new big breaks, and we're getting closer to the midterms. So I wouldn't be surprised if we pivot off to another issue here in another couple of days. But yeah, they better find they, we'll better, they better find a uh, a Confederate monument pronto. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. We you on a, you on a short leash? Is that why you're? Why you're yeah, yeah, I got it right. But I just have this vision of this caravan of illegal uh, illegal migrants carrying a statue of Robert E. Lee across the border. <laughs> of Mexico. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that too. All right, buddy. Well, uh, thanks for the yeah. time and appreciate you. And uh, keep telling the truth out there, brother. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, yeah, this is Jim Caravano. <laughs> Radio Free Almond live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Thank you so much to the Pope family and their support of Radio Free Almond. And for all of you out there as well, happy Thursday, my friends. Spruce up your home. For the holidays, if you want to make it easy. And then all you have to do is hook up with Michael Proctor. Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like Doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. And he'll come in and Take care of business. I told you yesterday, and I'll tell you again today, that Michael Proctor's main competitor is not like Home Depot or, you know, the blind store or whatever it is. It's all these artisan window treatment people out there that are usually very expensive. But that's because they have like interior designers on staff. You got to pay extra for, and you got to do all this kind of stuff. But Michael is a one-man band and very efficient, by the way. At that, he's got his mobile design unit comes to your house seven days a week. He's able to. He's able to 
come to your house, assess what your living room or dining room or even kitchen looks like, and he'll be able to say, hey, uh, I have an idea. Because that's really what you want. I mean, you, you and your wife or husband have been fighting over whatever that's, what are you going to do, and you can't come to any kind of conclusion, so... Just have Michael come in, and he'll settle it for you. That's really what you want anyway. Come in and give you some ideas. If you don't like him, he'll bring you more. Right from his mobile design, you don't have to go anywhere. So there you go. Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor Drapery dot com. We're going to get back to the... uh, the Saudi story in a little bit. It's 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 really just you're just listening to suddenly everybody on the left is like a foreign policy expert. Yeah, I've been studying this Saudi royal family issue for uh, oh uh, ten minutes now, and I've come to the conclusion. It's like yeah, I know. It, it's just hard to tolerate, and it, it really I care about this journalist's life. I really do, and I care about people who murder. I really do, uh, but spare me the. Fluttering eyelashes in the in the face fanning over our relationship with the Saudi government and trying to make this out to be like President Trump ground up the guy's bones himself. It's like, come on, people, let's get let's get real here. Thank goodness for Jim Carafano who's out there talking. But the problem is, Jim goes out there from the Heritage Foundation and kind of says, um, "We kind of need to be careful with all this whole thing. We don't really know all the facts." I say, like, "What do you mean? We know?" It's like you know. We know the facts. It's like that guy on MSNBC, you know. This is all, of course, of course, of course, it's of, of course it's racist. I don't think the president ever got on the phone with anybody in Saudi Arabia. I don't think he read any sort of uh, you know uh, NSA analysis to come to that decision. He basically said, "I don't care." Yeah, that's right. According to according to your inside. Uh, the Oval Office sources. He just said, "I don't care who 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 are you." This is where you don't even have to cite anything. By the way, I, I, I'm sorry, but every time you mention Saudi Arabia, I think of the videos out there on the internet. You should watch them. You should do a. Let me just see if I could call one up for you. It's uh, Saudi Arabia drifting. Here, uh, I'll do it for you. And if you go to, because in Saudi Arabia, although I think their employment levels are sometimes not that great, so but but they've got they've got basically oil spurting out of their the cracks in their sidewalks. But if you go to uh, if you go to if you just put in Saudi Arabia drifting, you see these guys, and, and and this is what they do there because they, some of them have nothing else to do because they have so much money, so they so they so they actually don't have a whole lot to do over there. So what they do is they pile into their Mercedes or whatever it is they have their expensive cars, and they do a thing called drifting. And drifting is when you take your car and I guess you kind of turn it sideways while you're going. You know, these guys were going. Here's a, here's a video of somebody going uh, 200 kilometers a mile. So I don't know what that is. It's more than 100 miles an hour, but we don't do that. We don't do that metric system stuff over here. What's the one thing that has stuck? Remember they tried to ha- have us all buying uh, liters of gas, and uh, we, we they were going to make us go to the metric system. 
and then these goofballs tried it for a little bit. They were like, nah, this, we're not going to do this anymore. Not going to do the we're not going to do the kilometers thing anymore. Are they? Or the, they still do the like the five k run, which is I think the only thing that's kind of hung on from this effort to trick us into do, doing the metric system, which we just had no business getting involved in. We wanted to be like everybody else, you know. So we'll just do the metric system. We'll buy a liter of milk. It's like nah. Let's go back to gallons. That was the most awesome development in a, in a while. All right, anyway. So if you go here, let me just see this. these people. They put these videos out of this drifting. And this guy's actually in a Chevy Malibu. <laughs> so that guy, that guy's actually in like a Nissan truck. And, and they sit there, and all these people in their robes and their their Arabian garb stand on the side of the road and and watch each other do drift. And so I guess I wouldn't try this at home, but I wouldn't try this this morning at, on forty. Of course, you wouldn't have room to do it. But they drive these, they drive these cars, and, and they're going. Have you seen those, Matt, before? And, they, and I guess you put on your brakes. Is it, what do you, you put on your brakes and turn the wheel or something? And, uh, something like that. I, I don't, don't do that. But, but you see these videos of these guys doing that. And, uh, and sometimes, if you're lucky... You see them flying out of the cars as they're as they're doing it, and so you have these guys who are uh, launched in midair from the uh, from the window of the car, and you see these these flying robes, you know, passing by you. Oftentimes, I, I mean, obviously they get hurt, so I don't. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, will injury, but oh, and Matt says that St. Louis has a. A drifting scene. So the people who go out and, and drift uh, in wherever they can, but yeah, it's not a it's not a very uh, safe operation normally. And uh, the uh, the the possibility that you're flipping or doing it ever uh, is is actually a a strong possibility. And so they, uh, but but they sometimes you watch these videos and they're like flying out of the side of the car and and it's it's not uh not a not a very happy experience all right so back to the u.s senate race and claire mccaskill and uh and this is the kmbc station talking about mccaskill pulling this and i gotta tell you the st louis uh the 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 democrats in missouri and beyond are all the same because they they are they pull these stunts all the time that and the only people that really truly fall for them are the media like the media the the i when i heard that that claire mccaskill was calling for a special prosecutor into james o'keefe's exposure of her lies and hypocrisy i laughed out loud I mean, it was it was the funniest thing because, first of all, it was so impossibly stupid and gratuitous. It was like you're really gonna tr- you're really gonna try this. 
but they did. I'll let, I'll let KMBC in Kansas City tell the story, everybody. Here you go. Yeah. Hidden camera inside Democrat Claire McCaskill's campaign headquarters. In that video, McCaskill campaign staffers talk about how Planned Parenthood campaign donations are hidden. Commitment 2018 coverage tonight from That's Michael. One Mahoney. of the things he Michael. talked about. Stephen, the Democrat McCaskill's campaign says it's going to pursue legal action on this. They're also asking for the Attorney General Josh Hawley, her Republican opponent, to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate possible violations of the state's fraud and merchandising act. Yeah good, yeah, good luck with that. Project Veritas is a conservative website. So, this uh, is McCaskill staffer Nick Starro. By the way, you got to give Mike Mahoney credit for not calling it a right-wing website, even though I don't really bristle at being called right-wing. But, you know, he said it's a conservative website, a conservative group. And, and, and kudos to Mike Mahoney for not pulling the whole right-wing whatever uh, organization. Words do matter, you know. Tell me last night about Planned Parenthood. How they never, they don't donate to Claire because they don't want to ostracize uh, pro, pro-life Democrats in Missouri. They go through other means to support and give the money. They just don't directly give the money from their, like, PAC. It's interesting. They focus on the Planned Parenthood thing, which we didn't even talk about, but it's still important. Uh, says this video was shot recently at McCaskill's office in Columbia. Now, she won't be available tomorrow either. Veritas's James O'Keefe appears in the video on a set looking like a McCaskill office. They just funnel it through Emily's list? We will not say if the recording is from a paid member of the staff or a volunteer. I am in the middle. In a statement, McCaskill says she's never seen anything like this in a Missouri Senate race. Of course you haven't, Claire, Claire McCaskill. Listen to her. I've never seen anything like this in a U.S. Senate race. What, you mean people actually competing with you? People actually exposing you for your hypocrisy? People exposing you for the fact that really when you go around talking about how you're Main Street savior, you're really a fraud because you're on tape saying you'd give up rural votes any day just to have the suburban ones. I mean, this is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, well, you know what? Thankfully, we haven't either, and we finally do now have it on tape. So that's fantastic that Josh Hawley would embrace fraudulently embedding somebody in my campaign. He is the Attorney General of Missouri. He's supposed to be going after fraud, not applauding it. I have been very upfront about all my positions. Which is a complete lie. Her uh, the, the videotape and the audio tape that they were able to get through James O'Keefe's investigation proves her to be absolutely wrong. She hasn't been upfront about her positions. That's why, that's why this stuff was so important. That's why this made national news. Chief denies that there was any coordination with a Hawley campaign, calling the report a story revealing how McCaskill hides her true views from voters to get elected. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're acting as if this is somehow uh, Josh Hawley uh, paying do, and doing this. And James O'Keefe does this all over the globe. And also, by the way, he knows that this is a pretty tight and important Senate race. And so, of course, he's going to get involved. That's how Pro- Project Veritas makes its money, and that's what they do. This is their brand. They go in and do this to, to act as if somehow this was an arm of the Hawley campaign. Actually, well, to tell you the truth, I mean, I, I, I'm going to vote for Josh Hawley, and I have respect for the Hawley campaign. But the truth of the matter is Claire McCaskill assuming that Hawley's campaign coordinated this is giving them a little too much credit to tell you the truth. I don't 
I, I don't believe that the Hawley campaign is, frankly, and I'm not trying to be overly critical here, but I don't believe the Hawley campaign is energetic enough to have pulled something like this off anyway. So Hawley ought to be thanking James O'Keefe and his team there for doing them a favor, something that they these guys would never actually do. And I'm not saying that that that's, makes it terrible. I'm just telling you that acting as if somehow Hawley coordinated this is giving the Hawley campaign way too much credit because I don't think they're thinking this way. Now, McCaskill's campaign manager says that Planned Parenthood has given McCaskill at least $5,000 for this campaign, and it's been reported on their campaign statements. He says they did not hide the donation. Haley? Project Veritas is known for using hidden cameras to try to make people, often politicians and their staffs, say things which are embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, that's an interesting take on what this is all about in terms of the hidden camera thing. Area shoppers real because 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 first of all, they don't use the cameras to try to get people to say embarrassing things. They use the cameras to simply expose people for what they are, which is usually people who are fraudulent. So I don't really know what that. I'm sure she's just reading it, whatever's put in front of her. But I'm just saying that. Uh, that's not what they do to try to get people to say embarrassing things. These are they ask questions and and they often get embarrassing exposes information, but they generally don't try to coerce them to say embarrassing things. They're just I mean asking somebody uh, about what your plan is once you get elected is not coercion. It's you asking what your plan is after you get elected. If it's on a hidden camera and you're saying something differently than what you're telling voters, then that's, yes, that is embarrassing, but it's not anybody trying to get you to say embarrassing things. So the Hawley campaign basically tweeted out after all this that, uh, sure, Claire, when monkeys fly out of my butt, I'll get right on your independent prosecutor, because that's what she asked for. She wanted an independent, I'm surprised they didn't mention that, but they wanted an independent prosecutor, and for Hawley to recuse himself from this investigation and for Hawley uh, to do an investigation of Project Veritas. And, and Hawley's like, oh, come on. As soon as, as soon as you find out whatever information you need to find out in terms of, uh, of exactly whether what, what crime was committed here, then I, I will go ahead and, uh, and, and pursue something. But in the meantime, uh, I, I'm not going to uh, – I'm not going to do that. You see what happened with this uh, the Connors show. I don't know whether you guys are up on uh, on this whole thing, but this show without Roseanne Barr just seems to be completely dreadful. And it's the ABC show, the Connors. And so what they did was they killed off the Roseanne Connor character. And insinuated somehow that she died uh, from an opioid overdose to this uh, this narrative, and it's it is uh, this is this little bit here. This it sounds like it's really it's supposed to be like a family uh, 
like a like a family comedy, isn't it? I th- I, th- I thought that's what it was supposed to be, yeah, some kind of uh, family drama of some sort. That's what I thought, and and yet uh, it doesn't seem to be that a, a really good theme to have it as like the the main character dies of an opioid overdose, and there's really not anything really funny about any of the. The, the, uh, any of the show a- at all here listen to this we are here in front of stage two now home to the neighborhood but it is where they used to film the original roseanne show nancy that show premiered 30 years ago this week and now tonight on abc is the debut of the highly anticipated spinoff but here's the big question can the connor survive without roseanne um i'll take no for 20 um- touch anything i've got a system in just released clips and behind the scenes footage the connors take selfies and shoot a new family photo but no obvious confirmation how roseanne's character is killed off i'm assuming that people will be curious about the first one i feel bad because everybody looks 85 and i i i understand that people age and i've aged and you know I, i get it but it looks like everybody is 85 years old. So it's kind of like you're watching a a show where everybody you're watching the Roseanne show but everybody has like old people makeup on. But then you realize, "Oh, everybody's really old, really really old, including this chick Lori Medcalf." I don't know, was that gratuitous? I didn't mean that that way. Everybody gets old. I'm just saying it's weird to watch a show when when you you watched it like a long time ago and then suddenly it's a, it's a brand new show and everybody is back but they all look 85 and including John Goodman but anyway i i i hope i wish them the best but this show is terrible <laughs> based on what i've been able to see and then hopefully they'll they'll feel like they they're um in good hands with the family it was emotional moving forward. Sarah Gilbert. And- like even even Sarah Gilbert, you know. Goodman told GMA at first it was awkward filming without Roseanne, who was fired for sending a racist tweet. Roseanne is the only reason the show existed, right? Like there was a death in the family. There's speculation Roseanne's character dies of an opioid overdose. <laughs> yeah. Michael- I'm, I'm not laughing at opioid overdoses, but... That doesn't sound to me like a, a very cheery family sitcom. Uh, I, I realize that the, the show is supposed to be real and it's supposed to be, you know, a real show and reflect reality. But you still are committing yourself to watching television, you know, and if, if you have any time at all. And so when you sit down and watch a television show and you're hoping for some kind of family comedy and suddenly you're dragged into an opioid overdose tragedy. You're thinking, um, hmm, maybe I'll go and read. Who plays DJ told us today that her absence brings a new depth to the Connors. I think what people are going to see, starting with Laurie Metcalf, John Goodman, and Sarah, Sarah Gilbert, mm-hmm. everybody steps into kind of these new roles. Because that's what happens when you, when a family member's not there. There is a big void that you have to fill. So they're, so they're trying to act like losing the mainstay of the show. 
so you, you basically you've you've fired the lead character on a sitcom that really only existed because of that lead character, and so we're all as people who are are television viewers are supposed to at that point commit us ourselves to a show watching everybody kind of step up like regular family members do and fill the void. It's like, no, when Roseanne's not there, she's not there. John Goodman's not like filling a void. And again, I'm not, I'm not a, 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 an entertainment critic by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, watching Kathleen Medcalf or whatever her name is and Sarah Gilbert fill the Roseanne void that's not what really we're here for as viewers. You're asking a little too much of us to try to watch people fill the void <laughs> that, that, that the main character, the star of the show has left, right? It's kind of like, uh, it's like, like, like back in the day when, when, uh, when Johnny Cash was on vacation or whatever, and, and they had a fill in host, they, you just getting rid of the Johnny Carson and then having a fill-in host and expecting the audience just to simply stay with you forever, that that's because you're filling the void. They're stepping up just like families do. It's like, no, no, Johnny Carson isn't there anymore, and I'm not interested in watching you know, John Davidson do The Tonight Show for the next six months. It just doesn't work that way. But this is the Connors. And there's a new Connor cast member, DJ's military wife, who, as a child, he refused to kiss in a school play. I would say, in describing our relationship... I know what we'll do. We'll just add a mixed-race couple to the thing, and uh, this will be interesting. I would say I'm the boss. Of course you would say that she's <laughs> the boss. If we knew who any of you were, we'd be interested, but we... But, but here's we the question. Don't. Will viewers like the Connors without Roseanne? You're no. I'll take no for 20. You're a little tyrant. <laughs> You're just going to compliment me and walk out? <laughs> it's just as entertaining. It's just as funny. This is, this, is a, this is a TV. I like this guy. He's Jason Lynch. He's the TV critic. And, uh, of course, he's, he's going to shill for this show. And you can tell that he knows that this is not a show without Roseanne. But if you defend Roseanne in any way, you're a racist. So there's no one in the mainstream media who's, who's going to really come out and say that the show isn't good anymore without, uh, without Roseanne, because then, well, you must be racist then. If you if you're saying that the show is any good without Roseanne, so you're saying the show is any good without a racist in it. You're saying that, that it requires that's that's really how these guys are thinking. So uh, Jason Lynch, of course, gushes over the show. <laughs> it's just as entertaining. It's just as funny. Ad weeks. Jason Lynch, who watched the first couple of episodes, says it's the best. There's no, there's no way it's just as entertaining and just as funny. That's that's an impossibility. It can't be. Adweek's Jason Lynch, who watched the first couple of episodes, says it's the best new broadcast comedy of the fall. <laughs> I mean, come on. It is? The best new broadcast comedy of the fall? Again, these people are nothing without Roseanne, which is why firing her, of course, was totally unnecessary. 
and uh, and gratuitous. And uh, these people are assuming that these people are just going to go ahead and uh, and and be just as successful, and they're not. And and so they're going to need somebody like Jason Lynch and these other boys. It's the rollicking romp of the fall. It's a it's a it's a blockbuster hit. It's like just no way. You are a fan of Roseanne the show, and not necessarily Roseanne the person. You miss her absence. It will be very interesting. Okay, what? Fan of Roseanne the show, and not necessarily Roseanne the person. You won't miss her absence. Uh, you absolutely are going to miss her absence. Through this show wouldn't have even come up if Roseanne wasn't in it. I mean, I, like if somebody was in the offices of ABC and said, I know what we'll do. Let's do the Roseanne show without Roseanne. How does that sound? And everybody in the in the room where you're vetting this idea would stare at you and say, I'm sorry, what? Well, no, really, honestly, we can save money. Let's just do the show with John Goodman and everybody else and just not do it with Roseanne. How do you think that would go over in a, in a, in a pitch room? They'd be all, the, the person who's suggesting would be fired. It's like, they'd know, there's no way they would do a show like this from the ground up. So now they're, they're just having to kind of... Um, redo themselves, remake themselves, and, and gut this out, which is sad because I'm looking at this uh, show uh, the, 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 with everybody on it, and while I know who John Goodman is, these other people, I, I have no idea who they are. It will be very interesting so, to see the ratings yeah. tomorrow. Now, remember, more than 18 million people watched the premiere of Roseanne mm-hmm. earlier this year. Can the Connors match or even beat that? No, they can't, and they didn't. Uh, the ratings were terrible, and... No one is watching this show, and and that's what ABC gets. And again, uh, everybody was acting as if ABC made this uh, great decision or whatever in terms of getting rid of her, and and that uh, ultimately they did it at a, at a severe uh, sacrifice for money and ratings and everything else. But the fact that there's no one at ABC is going to suffer. From all this, the only people that are going to suffer are the people who are now on the Connors right now, who ultimately they're going to cancel the show. But but keep in mind, they will keep the show regardless. Now it's now it's a matter of pride. So they're going to keep the show regardless. They'll do kind of what. Well, let's put it this way. They'll they'll do. I'm, I'm in a similar situation. So they'll do what the people at my old uh, station do. And that is they'll offer, for instance, uh, ads at half price or completely for free just to keep the people there and to make it look like they're still the same old support. And that's kind of what people do when they know they've made a mistake and they know that people are leaving in droves. They'll, they'll make, They'll just simply pretend something is when it isn't. And so I wouldn't be surprised if ABC and you're an advertiser for the Connors, you're not paying you're not paying the rates that you'd pay if Roseanne was there. You're, you're, getting, you're getting cut rate ads. 
and and that's what they were doing over at uh, at the old station ninety seven one. Is there there uh, everybody initially after I left, there were people who were basically getting ads for half price and 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 some free things f- thrown in there because they were all going to leave. Or they were going to see the numbers weren't the same and and ultimately leave, and and they did. But, but they uh, they took the they did the uh, then 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 the ratings came in for the spring, and they told everybody, yeah, we're really good with males. It's like, well, we've always been good with males. What what are your adult numbers? And then when you look at those and the and the female numbers and everything else, it was a disaster. So they. Uh, they're still in that situation, so they're, they're having to do half price. But but these folks at ABC will keep the show on no matter what. I mean, they'll 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 because they're not gonna, they're not going to go and cancel the show because it'll prove that what they did was wrong in getting rid of Roseanne. So they'll give it a season. They'll let it go the entire fall. They'll half price the ads. They'll do all that kind of stuff, and then uh, what they'll do is they'll come back. The show won't come back after the year, and they'll come up with something else. But this was really just kind of a uh, this was this was a band aid to save face, and now it's just going to be an awful show that sits there uh, for seemingly an eternity for everybody who uh, to, who watches it. So we'll see how it all goes for them. Yes, indeed, people. Hey, uh, we're going to take a quick little uh, break. I'm not leaving or anything. I'm just going to take a quick little break. For a long time, I was in love. To tell you about Matthew Mitchell. Not only in love. And the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855. Quote me. With a friendship that no one else could touch. Low premiums and low deductibles, people. Auto, home, and life. Eight five five. Quote me. Is a phone number for Matthew. He's a good man, right there, Matthew Mitchell. Been my guy for a long time. In fact, he. Came to me to advertise back on the old station, and he had me look at the current auto and home insurance I had. He just gave it a once over and said, Dude, you're paying way too much. Your deductibles are high, your premiums are high. Yeah, I could give you low premiums and low deductibles. And the little known secret in the insurance business is A the the low the high deductible is a is a trick that they use to get you in the door they, they'll say well we're going to give you low premiums but then your deductibles are sky high and that's just because they don't want to pay when something happens but the the Allstate Agency has a pretty high portfolio, and, and they do great. And so they're 
so they can afford to do that for you. And I just uh, tore up my tore up my insurance policies. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate your good comments on that, man. Appreciate you very much. And Margaret, thank you too. Uh, but yeah, they they have the. Uh, They also think the people who think that they have insurance policies that they have they're they're con it's a contract it's really not you if you have a car insurance policy I doubt you have a contract with them I hope you don't because they tricked you into doing that you're not obligated to anything so you can just tear it up once Matthew gives you a better deal so check it out eight five five quote me also thank you again to Southern Glaciers. And Phil, for his sponsorship and their sponsorship of the Radio Free Allman Halloween show at Lemp Mansion yesterday and the night before, hauntedstltours.com and the Lemp Mansion. Thank you both for that. It was a lot of fun. And there's tape up there. I'm waiting for more tape that they have uh, downloaded from the experience. But Redemption Bourbon and Redemption Rye Whiskey, two great products. And Redemption is something you can find at Randall's or check it out at Schnucks and Deerberg's. I think there might it might be there. If it's not, you need to ask them to carry it so that you have more access to it. Randall's is a great place, but if you can't get there and you get your booze from Schnucks, then you, you need to make sure that they carry Redemption bourbon and redemption rye. It's really good. It's uh, distilled in Indiana, and it is uh, a recipe that is pre-prohibition. So you're going to be able to uh, check that out as well. So, yeah. You know, people don't realize that uh, in, in uh, when it comes to prohibition, that really in the end, that's essentially the idea of prohibition People talking about prohibition is what brought us the federal income tax. Do you know that? These people, the the temperance movement. Can you imagine now people wandering around demanding that that uh, that they that you ban booze? We're members of the temperance movement. We don't want people drinking anymore. It's like, and people took these people seriously, seriously enough that they had they had prohibition for crying out loud. That was cr- crazy times. I mean, how did that? How is that possible? Prohibition, but yeah, they had a temperance movement, and it was weird because it was some of the. You had on the one hand, you had people very enlightened. And yeah, let's uh, let's have women vote, which was obviously an enlightened, you know, point of view. And at the same time, you had people who were pushing for a, a, a prohibition, a ban on alcohol. Now, I'm not saying that 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 those two together are, are strange in that way, but you had more people with viewpoints who were a little more uh, enlightened and a little more uh, and a little more open. Uh, when it comes to uh, things that, that they do, you'd think that they'd be a little more, it'd be a, a groovier deal and, and you wouldn't have something like prohibition on, on the way. But invariably, you we wound up with it. And so ultimately what happened is the, the people who thought 
that there was going to be prohibition on the way. Keep in mind that that liquor and taxes on vices was the way that we funded the federal government. We funded the federal government by, by, and I think it's not a bad way either, by taxing things and consumption. And so liquor was one of the main ways that we were able to fund the federal government. So when when the people were talking about prohibition as early as uh, the the 19, uh, 1910, uh, around then, prohibition obviously didn't come for a, a while later. But by 1913, the, the lawmakers were scrambling for something that would help fund the government if indeed they, they banned liquor. And so these guys got together and actually it was the, uh, the, the, mostly the, the people who were the Democrats and others who were uh, focusing on, on uh, the, these, these were mostly conservative Southerners and people who were religious and that kind of stuff who were focusing on this. And so they said, well, we'll just, we'll just start, we'll tax income. That's how this will work. And, of course, they go back to 1894. And, uh, and all right, we'll, we'll get you guys in here in a second, man. My guys from Santino's are here. Awesome. Buddy, let me tell you. Well, I'll tell you on the air. But uh, thanks to Mike, we had the sponsorship yesterday of the, uh, of the Halloween special there at LEMP. It was really cool. So, no, we – so. In 1894, for instance, they tried the same thing. They tried to uh, install the the this deal where they were going to tax people's uh, income at, at a federal level, and people wisely said, "Well, you can't can't do that." The, the, the founding fathers never suggested in any way, shape, or form it was it was a it was a monstrosity this idea that. There was going to be any kind of uh, any kind of move as it relates to uh, taxing federal income because the founding fathers uh, explicitly stated that they did not support a direct tax for the federal government to directly tax its citizens. That was just crazy. So back in the old days, what would happen is the states would collect taxes, and then they would. Uh, They'd go for some reason. People are complaining about the stream. They're saying that the uh, that there's static all over the stream. I don't know whether that's a thing, Matt, or not. But uh, it's the people are talking about there's uh, static all over the stream, which I don't know. I don't. Sometimes it happens, but nonetheless, uh, and, and sometimes it's just you. But I, now I have a couple people who are talking about it, so I don't know what the deal is there. So, uh, so they said, well, that's impossible. It's unconstitutional to tax. The, uh, the, 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 it, your citizens from, at a federal level. It's completely unconstitutional. So it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court determined that in 1894, and I think they did it even again, uh, yeah, Matt's not getting static. So you guys, it's your problem. It's your phone. Something's going on with whatever you guys are doing. Because if Matt's not getting it, then it's not happening. That's 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 our rule here at the Rudy Free Allman headquarters. But no, here's the deal. So in 1894, the Supreme Court said, no, it's completely unconstitutional. And so they decided there's no way we're going to have this direct federal tax over, done with, forget about it, and boom, move on. So 
they doubled back this time around 1911, 1912. And they doubled back and they decided that they were going to then pass a constitutional amendment. That's what we'll do. And of course, uh, the, the Republicans at the time, uh, the Taft Republicans, I believe they were, went along with this idea thinking that there was no way that the states would ever ratify a constitutional amendment, amendment to the Constitution that would allow for the direct taxation of citizens by the federal government. And so the Republicans played a game. They said, okay, uh, they, they called the bluff of the Democrats. They called the bluff of the federal income tax people and said, okay, we'll do it, but nobody's ever really going to ratify it. And so ultimately what happened is, guess what? They did ratify the damn thing. And now we have the 16th Amendment, which uh, is is the uh, federal income tax, and which was the biggest damn uh, boondoggle we've we've ever seen. And in the end, as far as I'm concerned, to a certain degree, I'm not really quite sure uh, that that really in the end it was completely ratified. I think if you go back and look at it, uh, I think that there were some issues where it wasn't, it, I don't think it, it was, uh, I still don't think it's legal. I, I, th- I think it's, I think the constitutional amendment itself, even though you obviously can't amend the constitution, I still believe that there were some States, uh, that were, uh, that didn't actually end up ratifying it at all. Um, you have to have 36 states ratify it, and it was ratified by, um, let's see, New Mexico. Uh, let's see, the following ratified the Alabama, Kentucky, South Carolina, Illinois, Mississippi, Oklahoma, uh, Maryland, Georgia, Texas, Ohio, Idaho, and it turns out that Missouri was also one of them, and this was all 1911, 1912, and then uh, the uh, – 42 states of the 48 then existing wound up ratifying it. And then we had Connecticut, Rhode Island, Utah, and Virginia um, rejected the amendment and and never really ratified it at all. And so uh, Florida and Pennsylvania never even considered it. So there's still some questions. Uh, Arkansas was the one that had previously rejected the amendment and then wound up ratifying it. But there was some hanky-panky going on there. So I still believe it was only 35 states that ratified the damn thing. But anyway, they 36, they said, ratified it. And then now we have the direct income t- tax. And that was part of the – part of the reason for that was because they were afraid of losing the income they were going to get from uh, from booze when prohibition was passed. So now, now we have this – 16th Amendment, which I think ought to be uh, ought to be crushed, to tell you the truth. Repeal. Repeal the 16th Amendment. And keep drinking. That's right, people. Keep drinking. And if you're going to drink, and for that matter, even smoke, I think you ought to go to Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. Vogel Road in Arnold. Great place. You know, we had our big happy hour over there. When I die and the name of Tibet, 
and it's a great place. It just so happens that Mike's in. And we're going to talk about Santino's and about spending your weekend there and how it's a great place, great destination for a date. Great place to hang out. And by the way, speaking of uh, bands, thank goodness Mike was really concerned about the fact that they were going to have these smoking bands in St. Charles. He wanted to expand out there in St. Charles, so we'll talk to him a little bit about that because Mike's a big freedom guy. Big freedom guy. And hopefully we'll see him out in St. Charles. Come on in, guys. Hey, what's going on, man? Yeah. Wait, Mark? Buddy, you're the one. We had that conversation about Instagram. We never followed up on it. Why don't you guys get in on that microphone here real quickly? You you on that one? And because uh, you and I had the conversation, Mark, about this whole thing. He's the new. He's your new uh, cigar guy. Yes, cigar manager and operations manager. How are these going, by the way, at Santino's? Uh, fantastic. Uh, you guys are responsible for the fact that uh, that I have um, I had a great sponsor of the of the Lent Mansion Halloween show. Phil got me hooked up with the Redemption Bourbon and Rye guys. Phil, Phil's awesome. Yeah. And, and and he uh, he got me a couple bottles of it to, to bring on in, and we had a few at, at the Lent Mansion. I figured it was going to be perfect to have kind of a uh, a uh, somebody who was uh, you know related to liquor, since the Lemps were the beer brewers, you know. And and October's a big but. This is this is the kickoff of whiskey season. Yeah, right. Especially bourbon. This yeah, is it October all through winter. Everybody's waiting for the, the highly anticipated allocated releases from all the the scotch and whiskey uh, vendors. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 Redemption is a great thing to stock up on for your uh, for your holiday parties, whatever it happens to be, because it's good stuff too. Uh, the Redemption Bourbon has this nice little honey uh, taste to it. It's it's really good. It's delicious. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, Mark, tell me, man, real quickly before we get into the, the cigars and Santee's itself. So, I had a conversation at happy hour, although we never followed up on it because I got too busy and everything else, but um, never really followed up on it. But you uh, were saying that Instagram is the future, yeah, correct? I'm a, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I am. Uh, the thing I love most about Instagram is uh, I was a Facebook guy for the longest time, too. Um, there, there are the aspects of Facebook that of course you have that you use that are great, but with Instagram, you, I feel you can, even though it's owned by Facebook, you know, that, that, that whole idea is there yeah. too, but with, with Instagram, you can reach directly 
through a, a group of people. So it sounds right. So we hashtag something with whatever you post. We hashtag freedom. Okay. I click on that freedom hashtag. I'm going to see the millions of posts that anyone has posted and include that hashtag. And it immediately correlates you along with these same people. So you're immediately plugged in with people using the same comments, same hashtags, same profiles that you're trying to roll with. Right. So uh, that, that's interesting because, you know, when I went, went up to New York to see my daughter, Katie, she doesn't, and she's uh, 26, and she doesn't even really use Facebook at all. I mean, I, I like Facebook because we can do uh, the, the, you know, we can do the live chat and we can do the live show. Yeah. And, and, and it's great for that kind of engagement. Of course, yeah. Uh, but, but a lot of people, as it relates to their social lives and putting pictures up and things like that, use Instagram quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing. And so she just said, hey, I put some stuff up on my Instagram from our trip. So she didn't say, I put some stuff up on my Facebook. So if you're looking for a younger crowd, uh, younger people, uh, Instagram's the place to go. Yeah, I think so. I think I think really what it is is it what it did is you know with Facebook you can post uh, a Bible long conversation, you can post a forty five hour, two hour, ten hour long video. Instagram really limits you to if you want to post pictures, you can post up to I think it's eight together at one time or a minute long video. You know, so it holds you to highlights, to pictures, to to simple things. It doesn't have to get crazy. Everything doesn't have to be plugged into where it can be read the wrong way, taken the wrong way, and the argument starts everywhere. Right, you know, right. It just, it just lets you say what you want to say. You put the picture, and if someone doesn't like it, then uh, screw them. Yeah, right, exactly. You know? the, I, I, yeah. I like that idea, too. And, you know, it's interesting, too, about my Instagram, uh, which is Radio Free Almond. Uh, I, I had, when I first got on Instagram and first uh, started the whole thing, uh, I uh, – I, I, had that as my Instagram name, Radio Free Almond, but that Instagram I created like five years ago. And so when it came time for all this to happen, and you have your Radio Free Almond hat on, which is awesome, uh, when it came time to do all this kind of stuff, I said, well, I'll just use my Instagram name. So it turns out I was a little ahead of the game when I didn't even realize I was, that Instagram uh, was there. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to kind of keep, uh, I'm going to have to keep Keep doing more of that because uh, that's you're, you're convinced sure. you convinced me about that. You said you'd help me out with it too, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hit you up for that. Yeah, too. So we'll figure it out. It. Yeah. yeah, definitely, most definitely. So uh, you're the new Mark is the new. Uh, what's your last name again? Murray. Murray. Okay. Mark is the new uh, cigar chief over there at Santino's. Correct, Mike. That's right. So what does what does that entail? Well, Mark's knowledge and background on cigars, I would say um, I could put him up against anyone. I'm confident. Anyone looking um, to sit, try something new, maybe maybe just started getting into cigars, come in, talk to us. We can help you find what fits you. And real aficionados, our place is, has all the rare, not just liquor, but the cigars that are hard to get. Yeah. So we're that one-stop place for everything, the ambiance, the decor, the atmosphere, the the people that are there, right, right. Uh, it, it this is, guys. This is it for us. This is our time of year that we're springing into the fall. Yeah, and and liquor is the allocated liquor is rolling in, and we always get it first. We always have it. Um, so it's it's neat. We started a YouTube channel. Oh, cool! So watch us on you know Sundays at Santino Cigar Review. We're we're always reviewing cigars, cocktails. We're pairing whiskeys and scotches and 
and uh, with your cigar. So we, we uh, oh, so you started. do the whole you do the whole YouTube show, huh? Yeah, yeah. It'll it'll be it's, hitting it's, pretty soon. Oh, it's nice. There. Yeah, All it's, right, it's building up. You know, working out the kinks, getting everything done for yeah. Show, so we yeah. made a few couple episodes, and we're just tweaking it, and soon it'll be released. Very cool. Now the allocate. I don't. Uh, a lot of people don't understand what what allocated liquor is. So, but I know like there's there are some whiskeys, for instance. Um, Un- unfortunately. I know this rubs a lot of the um, real aficionados of, of whiskey the wrong way, and, and rightly so. You know, what allocation means is, look, right now bourbon is the hottest liquor on the market. That's, right. that's the category everybody's looking to get. And there's just the supply is, 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 is very low considering how great the demand is. Right, so you you could take a seventeen or twenty dollar bottle of bourbon five years ago was on every shelf in every store, and even a twenty dollar bottle now is what they call allocated. Right, so it's no longer readily available anywhere, and they just slowly divvy it out to people because the demand is so high. Right, and so you used to see that with the really expensive whiskeys. But now you're seeing it with – then it was mid-tier, and now you're seeing it with kind of inexpensive – what has historically been an inexpensive bourbon now is impossible to find. Wow. OK. So take, for instance, Blanton's, right? Right. I was like Blanton's because it's got that cool horse on the top. And, I, I think and people, that's very recognizable. Right. And people collect – don't think people collect those yes. or something? Okay. Yes. So th- that's, that would be an allocated bourbon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And up until about even a year ago, you could find Blanton's with regularity. Yeah. Now, no. Wow. I mean, we always have it and we always sell it, but um, it's just harder and harder to find those. Those are, that's another great example. That was a a great bourbon. Yeah. Right. And you just never see it on shelves anymore. But you see it at Santino's. You always see it at our place. Nice. So how do you do that? Uh, people like Phil, Phil <laughs> right, from okay. Southern Glaciers. Yeah, uh, you right. know, it just, you know, that's kind of, that was our vision. Uh, we always wanted to be the spot where people can come and find a reasonably priced drink, cocktail, or cigar. Yeah. And always have it available, not have to wait. Right, right. So, um, it's just, it's just worked out, which uh, means the viewers are going to have to come in and I love themselves. it. I, I'm absolutely because it's a great place. It's such a great. It's such a great vibe, and uh, we had a ton of fun there at the uh, uh, at the Radio Free Allman Happy Hour. And thank you all for coming out. Uh, and uh, thanks to guy, my guys at the County Browns who did the uh, b- the barbecue there because that that actually worked out really well. We that raised a nice. lot. We a raised event. a lot of money for. Uh, for that, backstoppers. That is that is correct. And, and and in fact, everybody who went there ate. I was kind of surprised. Like every, everybody had a plate, so that's fantastic. And, and for all the, uh, I say this to your your viewership, all the first responders, military, anything of that order, there is a standing, not only a standing discount at Santino's for those people because they're well loved. Um, you know, we 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 really base our business on our, our backbone of our business is current retired military first right. responders i mean that's who you see when you walk in i mean it's not uncommon like yesterday there was a police chief there i won't mention any names it's yeah. always it's a really neat eclectic group yeah. of people yeah well that's how i met brett 
Steinhoff, who because right. he's he's an FBI guy, former right. in the county. I right. think he's still with the county, but uh, but that's how I met him. He was he was there, and he's he's been listening to the show for a long time. Right. And and what are your chances are of, of uh, before we? I have a couple other questions about Santino's in Arnold, but what are the chances you're going to get out to St. Charles sooner than later? I mean, it's it, there definitely seems to be light at the end of the tunnel here, so to yeah. speak, right? It, it sounds like there was an injunction with the court system yeah. in St. Charles. So it looks like it's not even going to hit the ballot. But folks, this is what you always have to remember. And you talk about this on your show all the time, right? If the left doesn't do it this year, they're going to keep trying. Right, I know. Yeah. Right. We have to keep freedom. Right. Right. We, I always, you know, some of the little banter we have at the store with customers, it's fun. We always talk about incrementalism, right? We always talk about freedom. Are we really free? You know, when you incrementally take your freedoms away, people don't notice it. That's what incrementalism yes. is, right? Yeah. They would kick and scream and, and fight you for freedom if you tried to take it all away. Right. But guys, this is what we have to ward against is infringing on our freedoms, to light up a cigar, for God's sake, oh, do we even have to have a conversation about right, it? It's, right. it? It's that insane. Yeah, I, I right? agree. Well, and, and you talked about that because I, I talked about that earlier with the federal income tax because that was a great example of how these guys uh, would go they – keep, they keep trying it. 1894, they tried it. The, the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. And then they came up with another idea, and by 1911 and 12 – we had the machine rolling to, to go ahead and ratify mm-hmm, right. this amendment. And now suddenly we have one of the most dastardly, diabolical, governmental, anti-liberty moves on earth, and that is a direct federal income tax. And so uh, that's where we're at. So you're right. They just keep trying. And here's the other thing, folks, is, is one of the problems is a guy like Mike, you know, when it comes to starting a business, uh, you can't you – can't Plan as much as a business costs for you to uh, invest in your business, to to get the building, to start the equipment, to all this kind of stuff. You can't. You, you, your brain is not going to allow you to do that, knowing that there are going to be people out there a year from now wanting to shut you down. That that is very true. And you know, I get we have to have all kinds of people, right? There's yeah, there's business owners, there's employees, there's there's big corporations. At the end of the day, it the middle class is what still drives this country. And it's businesses like ours, not the big conglomerate, multi billion dollar a year companies that, you know, can bend all the rules. Right. It's it this is what drive I mean, we're in blue collar union country. That's who supports us. Okay. And this is what drives our economy. It's 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 people like us, not just the cigar business. I'm talking about your individual entrepreneur who has a small to medium sized company. Right. Right. If you keep restricting that, you're 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 taking away a whole class of, of income and people yeah. and enjoyment. Yeah. You yeah, and, and 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 that's and that really is just unbelievable. Why individuals still want to meddle in all this? I mean, if you don't want to smoke, uh, or you don't want to be around c- cigar smoke or whatever it is, then don't go to the place. I mean, it's 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 really that simple. It, it, you don't it, have it a- really is, guys. It, it, it is that simple. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to infringe on anyone. And if if, if 
They don't appreciate what I do or can't be around it. I understand. Got it. But don't try to remove freedom from everyone else. Yeah, I just don't. I, I don't see how how that's something that people want to get involved in. And even if uh, Mike is not in St. Charles, listen, it's really easy to get to Santino's in Arnold. I mean, it's just. 270, 55, and you're, you're basically there. So okay, it's not a big we're, deal. We're 10 to 15 minutes from almost any destination in the city of St. Louis, right? Because of Highway 55. Mm-hmm. Same thing out west. You know, anyone in yeah. Baldwin, Creve Coeur, Webster, Kirkwood, you're, you're less than 20 minutes away. So uh, at the Radio Free Elm Happy Hour, so Eric Naputi, who introduced me to Mike, and Eric is the reason why Santino Cigars and Cocktails is one of the uh, proud sponsors of Radio Free Elm because Eric uh, introduced uh, us to, to, to Mike and Shannon and the rest of the gang over there. And then so we had uh, – but, he, but he, was, he had something he had to do with uh, some of his business partners uh, the night of our Radio Free Elm Happy Hour. So – then he was going to try to make it. They didn't make it. And then suddenly Mike came up to me with a box of cigars. I actually still don't know what I was supposed to do with those. Smoke them. Oh, oh, Smoke yeah, them. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't know whether Eric bought those for me or bought those or had or Mike gave them to me to give to Eric. I don't really actually know the full story. All I know is those babies are still in the back of my Jeep in a box. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Smoke <laughs> right. them, they're yours. Exactly. <laughs> so they're still in the back of my Jeep in, in a box. And so uh, we had to go. We went to the Lemp Mansion last night. This is a long way to go here. But uh, last night, and I had to run out. I had to grab some stuff from the car. Uh, and Lacey was out there, Lacey Reinhardt with HauntedSTLTours.com. And saw the cigars sitting on my back seat, and I said, oh, yeah, here's these cigars. She goes, oh, I love cigars. I'm going, okay, well, then you need to go to Santino's because uh, the reality is a lot of people think women don't do the cigar thing. Or, or uh, for that matter, women might also uh, not do a place where there are cigars thing because they're afraid of smelling like cigars. A couple things that you need to realize there is uh, Santino's is a great couple, couple's place. Uh, but also, Mike invested in a pretty exhaustive exhaust system there. So it's not like you're going in and you got to kind of cut through a bunch of cigar smoke. It is. And this is maybe a great segue where Mark can yeah. jump in because I want Mark to talk a little bit about because you just mentioned something that, that's big. Women. There's a lot of women cigar smokers. It's in vogue again. It's come back. I mean in the, the 10s, 20s, 30s, and 40s. Men and women sat elbow to elbow drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. <laughs> yeah. Went away for a while, but it is back. And, Mark, yeah. I think that's a good area to jump in and well, talk and pe- a little bit pe- about. People don't realize the, a woman who was going to be governor of Missouri was a cigar smoker. Catherine Hannaway is, uh, has been a longtime cigar smoker. I don't know where she picked it up, but you know she's a former uh, federal uh, U.S. attorney and everything else and then ran for governor. So, and she's a good friend of, uh, of mine as well. But anyway, take it away, man. So. Right. Yeah, and, and and the former women cigar smokers, it's they've they've grown, and I shouldn't say they've grown because they've always been there, but you know, just in the past twenty years, I've been I've been smoking cigars for twenty one years now, and just in in that time frame, depending, you used to go into shops, and the shops were always it was the bro day out, right? Yeah, you go, you have steaks, you know, <laughs> and that slowly turned into six piece suit steak dinners to flip flops, football jersey, and you hung out, right? That's what it was. Well, now you, you, you've started to see that, that women have just placed themselves back in this environment. You know, I've, I've, got, I've got more women now that come into the shop that are smoking what I smoke 
and drinking what I drink than there are men that are doing it. Really? Wow. And there's there's nothing against that. It's just yeah. it's all flavor profile, everything like that. You know, and you have these women that come in and I'll tell you what, women are not afraid to smoke any they'll try it all. They'll try it all. I've got I've got women that come in and still smoke the nice flavored, you know, the acids, the the things like that. They got the sweetness to them. And then I've got women that come in and drink McCallum with me and <laughs> smoke Las Calaveras 2018 with me. Right. Yeah, and that's you know? what we're finding. The, the, the great folks at uh, the St. Louis chapter of the Bartenders Guild has been inviting us out to a couple events around town to pair our cigars with, with nice scotch and, and bourbon. And that's what we're finding is we're finding – we're pairing cigars for women and they're smoking full-bodied cigars. Yeah. Wow. Not flavored cigars. Right. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's a whole segment of population that, that, that has been um, – neglected so to speak but you're not neglected at santino's we you know no women love coming in no, yeah and, and it's a night i mean it's a it's first of all it's a beautiful place and i've I've always been amazed by you because you walk in and really when you when you drive up to it you're seeing kind of what what, what might look like a storefront because it's in kind of that that strip place area mm-hmm. there but then when you walk in it's it goes you know it's you know deep and and, and you've got the you've got the, the gigantic Cigar humidor there, uh, where the cigars are. Then you got the bar, which is there's so much room there, and there are places to sit down if you didn't want to sit at the bar. And it's really a comfortable place. The lighting is great, and man, you're just uh, you guys are knocking it out of the park. And we're, we're we're trying. We're making moves, and things are changing, and going in the right direction. Um, what we love we love most about it is you know, we've got the people are coming in now, and like you said, a couple's place, right? Yeah. Well, it's a couple's place, or it's three couples on a date, and it's it's something like that. Or it's, guys are just going out, them and their girlfriends are coming out and hanging out. And like you said, with the seating, you know, you walk in the way the way that we map it and the way that we look at it is you've got seven different communities in which you can sit inside that store. So you got the five chairs up front, you could sit right there. You go into the back, you've got all the open seating on the bar, you can sit there. You've got the four high tops, and then you've got the two eight-piece sittings of furniture that you can sit down. Yeah. And we talk about the exhaust system. We've had guys, groups of individuals sitting at this four, these four chairs, these four chairs, and these tables here, and you can watch them smoke and see the smoke rise straight up above you. It doesn't hang. It doesn't linger. There is no, there is no running fume that when you stand up, you're going to sit in a cloud of smoke. Yeah. It's yeah. all gone. I think what we, and what he's describing is is quintessentially what what we've tried to do, and that's revolutionize the whole image and stigma of what you typically in the past would think about a cigar lounge or bar. I hate to call it a bar, yeah, because although we sell liquor, we have the highest end liquor in the world. We're really not a bar, guys. We're not a bar or tavern. <laughs> yeah, um, but you can if you but, wanted to get a Budweiser there, you could right. get it. But you, that's, you, you, know. you could. But I have seventy craft beers <laughs> yeah, that right. are much better. Yeah, and that's the other thing, guys. Seventy craft beers under one roof, yeah, which you- constantly is rotating. So you know, it, it's not just the inventory. It's not just the decor. It, it's 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 the people. It's the ambiance. It, it, it's a whole thing, and that's what we're trying to collectively do: is break that stigma of what you th- historically have thought about a place. like Oh yeah, that, right, exactly. Right, because the first thing you think about what you guys mentioned, you walk in, and women would want to walk out the door because there's a cloud of smoke. The same brand of smoke filtration that I have is only used in hospitals. And casinos in Las Vegas, guys. Nobody in my industry uses it but me. That's mm-hmm. how good it is. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. We're, we're we're just changing the way you would even think about 
what we do. Just, just trying to leave a constant open option. Yeah. There's always yeah. there's always something available for you to try. Yeah. And it, it is kind of a – it's a fun uh, – Date night destination. It's it's it, 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 you know I I say this. It's as eclectic and boutique as anything you'd find in the city of St. Louis, but we're not in the city, right? Right. You know, and so it it, it it's it, it, everyone should come and check it out. No doubt, no doubt, because it it really is a fun place, and I like the fact that you actually can go there because people go. You know, you wonder. Well, okay, so why do people go and hang out at a establishment otherwise known as a bar but this is more of a lounge and whatever uh why do people go well they go there to socialize okay so you go there socialize you can hear first of all there's music but you can hear each other Mm -hmm. which is great uh and then you can have fun trying different kinds of uh liquors which is different kind of spirits or or beers or whatever that's right and and, you know another little subtlety is when when you purchase a drink our um you know any, anything we offer? It's always poured in one and a half ounces, which most places typically charge an ounce or an ounce and a quarter. We give a full ounce and a half for less than anyone. But what we have is we never run out of all that good stuff that everybody's looking for. <laughs> right, right, right. That's the magic. Yeah, right? yeah. Everybody could say they had a bottle of this, or they see the bottle, but it's empty. Yeah. Right. You never have that problem when you come to our place. The other thing is you can sample flights, so. The way our flight menu is structured is you can get this really rare, sometimes they can be expensive um, drinks, but you can buy them in in half-ounce flights. So now you're getting the taste three and four multiple different bourbons and scotches for a fraction of the cost. Then if you want to upgrade, you can go to a one-ounce or ounce-and-a-half flight. Right, right. Once you find what you like. Yeah, right. So it's that it's things sense. like that that you know kind of set us apart, and it's it fits everyone's budget. Yeah, no doubt. And and the one and a half, you know, you're, you, what you're talking is 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 a, a language a lot of people don't understand because they're not in the in the business or in the bar business. But when you talk about this and and you talk about the one and a quarter or one ounce or whatever, and one and a half ounces, that's that's a that's a big deal. I mean, that's a, that's a well, pretty- sure. If, if you just think about it this way, if if, if a pour, they call it a pour yeah. in the industry, is ten dollars. Well, you're paying ten dollars for a one ounce pour. At my place, you're going to pay eight dollars for an ounce and a half of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, Love it. That, that that typical rule, like if you're if you're a Scotch drinker, right, or a whiskey drinker on the rocks, you got your two finger pour on the rocks, right? right? That's just an elevated rise in fluid because of the mass in the glass, right? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when you take that ounce and a half and you pour that into a sifter or a rocks glass, you've got your two finger pour with no ice. Right. That's your settlement. You know, right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Even subtle features. Say you. Purchase a, you you order your drink and you want it on ice. We serve a round ice ball. That's a thousand dollar machine. That yeah, we I saw. Have. I love those in Las Vegas. That's a five dollar upcharge on any drink. They're just fun to unless throw. you're really? at Santino's. There's it's free. There's no upcharge, right? Who else does that around town? Nobody even has that. So that's what I'm get, what I'm saying is you're essentially getting the Ritz Carlton when you come to Arnold. Yeah, I love it, man. That's great. I didn't know that about the ice, the ice ball. How rare that is! Yeah, yes. dude, you will get you will get upcharged anywhere else. For yeah, them. yeah right. because it's the time it takes to make them. Right? Yeah, right. Everyone's got an ice machine, but not everyone's putting distilled water into an ice ball to make an ice ball and then freeze it later and then pour that again. <laughs> we, They're not doing we that. We spare yeah. no 
expense for the experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You right. Know, you know, th- and, and that's how we look at everything, right? And my little joke is, and we and we we. <laughs> We banter about this and make fun and poke fun at different situations, and I don't want to stereotype anything. But look, a hobby is different than an experience. My joke, my facetious joke, so folks, please take this with a grain of salt, (laughs) is you know, uh, yelling at your spouse, kicking your dog, and slamming a Bud Light is not an experience, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) Come to my place, sit in a leather chair, order a libation, and puff on a nice cigar. That's an experience. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so there's something to be said about the subtle details. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I, and yeah. I think we cover the gamut of of everything to make your experience not only pleasurable in the moment, but remembering it for the rest right. of your life or being able to say, hey, I remember being there with my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also you get the feeling, and I got this, this feeling with Mark too, is, is you walk in there and with Jennifer. And who's the other uh, bartender there? Because uh, I always yeah. I, Je- Chelsea. Okay, because Jennifer's always the one who's there when I'm there. Yeah. Uh, but Chelsea and 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 these and, and these guys are all a family. So so what you get is you get people who you get kind of almost like the Cheers experience because the 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 people who work there are very happy, very involved. They're. Then Mike and Shannon, their friends. I mean, it's it's kind of an atmosphere where you're not going in and getting kind of this detached kind of service and help, and you know somebody who's just kind of there to get paid. It's it's a really is that's part of the experience too. Yep. And, and another little misnomer, and it's we're going into midterm elections, right? Yeah, right. Bring your election watching party, you know, to Santino's. It's going to be a, we every election. It, it's fun. They always say you go into a bar. What are the three things you can't talk about? Right, religion, politics, and whatever. Right. We talk about that every day. What else is there to talk about? Right. <laughs> right exactly. You think I'm going to talk about the weather? <laughs> right. Exactly. There's nothing else more meaningful. <laughs> yeah. Than those subjects. Yeah. Yeah. So. I love it, man. Well, come I, out for the election. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think about what of that. I might come out there maybe early for happy hour before the election because it's going to be a it's going to be a good night, a nice nice night to celebrate uh, the continued freedom that uh, we keep on wrestling for. But now we're finally uh, uh, wrestling it out of the clutches of the people who uh, don't want to give it to us. So that's yeah. been that's been a great experience. Without so a doubt. good for you guys, uh, Mike. And Mark, thanks so much, you guys, and, and thanks so much for your support of Radio Free Allman, and thanks again for the hookup with Southern Glazers because uh, you know I, I I said to Phil, I just called him, I said, hey, want to let you know, you know, we're doing this, and it and it's all about getting sponsors, you know, and and you know because you got to pay to be. Um, at the Lent Mansion, they they basically gave us the entirety of the place, and it cost money. And so I figured, well, uh, you go ahead and sponsor this thing, and then we'll talk about redemption, whatever you choose, whatever you want to choose. And they chose redemption. I have so- a lot of great vendors in this industry, but I tell you, Phil just he he stands out, doesn't yeah. he? He just oh, yeah. cut above, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's listened to the show and has been, and so it was great to to finally meet him. And of course, they're a powerhouse as it is, Southern Glazers. So uh, that's true. Good guys, and this redemption, uh, and and you guys probably have it, don't you? At the, you have yes, a redemption. Yes. They, they've got it at uh, Santino's if you want to try it. But it's uh, the bourbon and the rye is the rye is really good, and and uh, it's but it's redemption. It was perfect for the whole. 
uh, the vibe that we were creating there with ghost <laughs> stories and all kinds of, and the Lent family. And so it was a perfect pairing, uh, the Redemption brand. So we appreciate that hookup. So we'll all be one happy family. And Eric Naputi, thank you, buddy. Thank you for introducing me yes, to Mike thank and the, the team good there. doctor. Yeah, I, know. I think he's in Florida right now. He's always in Florida for some reason. <laughs> yeah. He just, you know, when, when, when he's down there, he's hanging out with these uh, pro football players because they've got a great and budding uh, business, the uh, non-opioid drip, and it's great. I just got my first stem cell shot yesterday. Oh, at, really? At, yeah, Naputi's office, yeah. What does that do? Hey, yeah, I, hopefully it's going to change <laughs> my life. The pain I've been in is unbelievable. Oh, so really? Now, yeah. Yeah, well, so. that, that's a kind of a that's a new frontier in medicine too. The whole stem it cell is, thing. And, and you know the way uh, Eric was describing it. Not all stem cells are equal, and and I, you know, I, I, and it's true. And so he's always on the cutting edge of all that stuff. Yeah. And you're right. He's what I got was the same thing that these NFL football players are getting from him. So yeah, um, I feel really fortunate. Nice. And he's got the cannabis oil there too, and all kinds of. Uh, and, and again, the pain killing industry and and all the pill industry is just so pervasive. But it's been so damaging. And and Eric does it uh, without all that jazz and does it naturally. And so it's not a band aid. So hopefully that stem cell will uh, will fix you up. I agree. I agree. Well, if it's well, thanks if, for having us. Yeah, man. Great to see you, yes. uh, Mike and Mark. Good. Good to see you too, brother. And let's let's hook up on the and, and spread out Radio Free Almond even further. Yeah, of course. When man. it comes to the uh, to the Instagram, yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. But you know what? I, I it was it was reinforced to me when my daughter uh, said that she was going to uh, uh, put stuff on Instagram because nowadays people who are in their 20s they're not on Facebook anymore. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Yeah. Big mention, October 26th, we're having the Perdomo Cigar Event, oh, and who yeah. else is yeah. coming out? Um, for- so on October 26th, that's next Friday, uh, we're having our big Perdomo event um, from 5 till whenever we decide to close the building that night. Um, we've got that going on. Some of the Bartenders Guild will be there with us. Um, they're coming out, and then we've got a uh, one of one of our reps is going to be coming out. We're going to be doing a pairing option that night as well with three select spirits. Okay. The spirits won't be known until the day of. Gonna kind of keep it keep me on my feet, so I know what I'm pairing with to have some fun with it. Um, but we're having everything come out. Gonna have a little fun poker game going on too. Uh, we encourage everyone to come out. That's right. Out you guys us. do have cards there too. Yeah, right? a lot yeah. of free poker. items. Yeah. Uh, that'll be given out, especially yeah, if you be, make per- any purchase. I'll be All handing right. out some some custom lighters, cutters, things like that. Just random people and as you're there. What is Perdomo again? It's a cigar brand. Okay, very, yeah. very nice, very nice quality cigar. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. they're they're a very popular brand that, that that does very well because their their entire line, like their family of cigars, is very comfortable for your first time smoker to your guy that's been smoking thirty years. There's always there's something they have that fits everyone's palate. Right, right. Okay, well, good. Well, we'll be there Friday. Friday. Uh, starting at what time? Five. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll make, next I'll make sure I mention next, next Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah. Next Friday. Okay. Well, good to see you guys. Like Ice Cube, next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Thanks a ton, Thanks you guys. A lot. Of course. Thank you. Go ahead and do that. So Mike uh, said he found he found an electrician who can fix that uh, the Santino cigars and cocktails light for me. 
because it does work. It's just that it's so bright that I can't do a do a. If I put turn it on, it like you can't ever see it. Awesome guys, thank you. There's nothing these guys can't do for crying out loud. Yeah, it's one big love train, people. Good morning this morning. Happy Thursday to all of you, and thank you again to Santino Cigars and Cocktails in beautiful Arnold, right down off of 55. Yes, indeed. All right, so uh, the latest, and I don't know, I hope you guys were able to catch uh, catch the Jimmy Carafano interview earlier regarding this uh, Saudi Arabian thing uh, the situation here and, and again suddenly the bozos there in on the left have discovered our relationship with with, with Saudi Arabia and we've had one with them for heaven knows how long and it's nothing unusual. It's nothing crazy. But the left is constantly like, you know, it was, it's like they discovered it with uh, with Russia. You know, when Obama was whispering stuff to Russian emissaries that he'll be more flexible after the elections, nobody gave a hoot. But now President Trump's a traitor for shaking hands with Putin. Same thing with the royals. It's like... President Trump has a diabolical relationship with dictators. It's like, wait a minute. The U.S. has had a relationship with Saudi Arabia for decades. Doesn't matter whether it's an oil relationship or what have you. It's been a relationship for decades. And yeah, are are the royals uh, good people? Well, sometimes, you know what? They've overlooked their... their, the Wahhabists who have been training terrorists there. There are all kinds of downsides to our relationship sometimes with, uh, with the, with the Royal family. That's what we, that's what we kind of get, but come on people. Who are you kidding? If, if, if some guy, some errant Prince from the Royal family goes out and kills somebody, it's not time to suddenly attack the president for having an ongoing diplomatic relationship with the Saudi royals. They've helped us uh, fight Iran, and they're strategically an important element there in the Middle East. And so it's not unusual for us to be careful when it comes to approaching investigations such as as this. But that didn't didn't stop old... uh, Jason Johnson there from deciding he was going to actually call the president a, a racist, basically, in this whole thing. To basically kill or tacitly allow the death of anybody who criticizes them. I don't think the president ever got on the phone with anybody in Saudi Arabia. I don't think he read any sort of, uh, you know, uh, NSA analysis to come to that decision. He basically said, I don't care. And, it was and a of brown- course, that's not true. First of all, this guy has no evidence of that. And then listen to what he has He basically to say. said, I don't care. It was a brown journalist. He's not an American, and I'm perfectly happy with our relationship with Turkey. And I'm- Yeah, so he's a brown journalist. Now, to, to be able to understand and, and kind of take a trip through this guy's twisted mind, you got to say, okay, so wait a minute. Aren't the royals brown too? So how is it, how is it anti-brown people 
for the president to give brown people the benefit of the doubt, innocence before guilt, when it comes to whether or not the brown people murdered another brown person. I don't understand where this, where the logic comes. Well, of course, uh, I know you don't either. So you don't, uh, we can't keep up with these people. They're just, just driving them nuts. And I think they think the Saudi Arabian thing is going to be something that helps them in the, in the, uh, in the long run. But, uh, unfortunately in the midterms, but it's not going to work. All right. So uh, once again, you know, I reported yesterday about the, uh, steel workers and this is every day there's more news out there that just simply reinforces the fact that the blue wave is a mythical unicorny crazy idea there's going to be no such thing as a blue wave and so now we're looking at the fact and remember everybody's like i'm concerned about these tariffs on imported aluminum steel and blah 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 blah. what do we get after the president started to talk tough on trade Name, name, start naming the things we got when the president started talking tough on trade. Well, we had a complete renegotiation of NAFTA, didn't we? The same people that we were claiming the president was pissing off and making angry and was going to destroy the country and destroy the economy. Suddenly, Mexico and Canada were like, okay, sure, we'll go ahead and renegotiate this. Of course they will. Because they knew that there was a lot at stake, that, 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 that um, everybody has to, has to survive here. And if you don't cooperate with the United States, you're not going to survive economically. So Canada and Mexico went ahead and put on their happy faces and negotiated, renegotiated NAFTA to the point where it's not even called NAFTA anymore. And guess what? U and S are the first letters in the renegotiated trade deal. Of course, because President Trump puts America first always, and that's the way it should be. Whether it be on foreign policy or whether it be on economic policy, America first, that's the way it goes. That's why we elected the president. We're not going to go to the polling places and elect Democrats to go in and unravel everything this president has done in the first 600 days of his tenure which has dramatically changed the economy. What else has happened since the president has talked tough on trade and uh, talked tough, for instance, with China? Well, China has acquiesced well as well. China lowered their tariffs, not by much, but they lowered them uh, on U.S. goods. They lowered them, people. We had all this talk about how, oh, no, uh, Whiskey makers in the U.S. are going to suffer because their European whiskeys are now going to be taxed. It's like, first of all, very few people in Europe drink whiskey anyway. And believe me, Maker's Mark isn't making all of its money over in France. So who the hell cares about all that? But remember, there was a time there were American whiskey makers are going to be really, you know, it's like never happened. Now, let's go to the steel industry. President Trump's tariffs on imported aluminum steel now are securing massive wage hikes for American steel workers with the U.S. Steel Corporation. I hit this yesterday, but uh, now it's hit Breitbart, and this was a Reuters story. 16,000 U.S. Steel Corporation union workers who have uh, had their wages frozen for two years. And before that, from 2012 to 2015, they only saw a 6% wage hike. Now this newest contract between U.S. Steel and the union, uh, they're seeing a 14% wage hike over the next four years. 
largest pay uh, increase for steel workers in six years. And that's just going to show you that these discussions, these these tariffs indeed have worked. They have changed the economies for a number of different people and uh, and especially for people in the middle class who otherwise have been totally ignored by the by, by the uh, Democratic Party and for for that matter the Republican Party before the uh, be, before President Trump was elected. And I say Republican Party because yeah, the Republican Party before President Trump became the leader of it. The Republicans, the the the, the Bushian Republicans and the Romneyan Republicans and the National Review Republicans were more than happy to carry on with these horrible trade deals that were selling out the American worker at every single level, selling out the middle class at every single level. They were more than happy to engage in all these. And anybody who challenged these trade deals was accused of not being conservative. Though you're not conservative because you're not for free trade. And free trade is a hallmark of conservatism. Freedom, 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 freedom. That's what it's all about. And when the reality is there was nothing free about unfair trade deals. There was nothing nothing freedom related to it. Yeah, it was freedom for the Romney and Republicans and the Bushian Republicans and the campaign financers to all benefit from this globalism. In the meantime, the guys stuck in the middle, uh, in the middle class, the middle middle Ameri- class American worker was uh, was trapped. They weren't seeing wage hikes. They weren't seeing wage increases. Uh, they 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 weren't seeing their, their pay was frozen. Their 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 plants were closing. It doesn't matter whether it's coal. Doesn't matter whether it's steel. Whatever, and and, and they closed down just the way uh, shoes closed down shoe manufacturing textile the textile industry uh started going south but now we're back and 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 we are putting america first we're renegotiating trade deals and now suddenly we realize and this is where the the middle american worker uh is 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 truly seeing awakening moments because they're now saying wow i didn't know that Look how easy this is to improve my economy. Look how easy this is to improve my wages. Look how easy this is to, to, to help people build businesses. And all it takes is a president named Donald Trump who has decided he was going to take the risk of offending the Romneyan and Bushian Republicans and change the way conservatives operate. And now we're seeing that, you know, the Democratic Party is the party of calling people racists and removing Confederate statues and doing all kinds of things that don't matter to Americans. And now the Republican Party is all about doing things that do matter to Americans. And what matters to Americans is whether or not they're living well and living safely and able to make a decent living. And that's what's going on. There's no way that's going to be turned around in in November, some tweet by some fake Indian, Elizabeth Warren, isn't going to be isn't going to be the difference in this election. Some some accusation of gang rape that doesn't exist against a Supreme Court justice is going to get you past 
the the November elections. It's just not going to work that way. And so uh, all around us, we're seeing victories and the people that matter, the working American is seeing this. So they're not paying attention to, you know, not, they don't even care about the Saudi Arabian thing. I mean, I care about this journalist. Uh, I, I care like I would for anybody. I, I don't care whether or not, uh, you, you know, I care about somebody's life. I care that somebody's murdered by a despotic, you know, royal. I think that's terrible if that d- indeed happened, and we can deal with it. But most Americans, they don't. They're not, you know, they're not obsessed over this thing. They they, they care about what's in front of them, and rightly so. But, but meanwhile, and we finally have a person actually in the White House who cares the same way we do. Let me say that was fantastic about President Trump, how he, he, he cares the same way we do about things that are right in front of us. Look what happened yesterday when he announced that he would ask each member of his cabinet to cut 5% from their annual agency budgets. Every secretary has to cut 5% for next year. This is, this is a, this is, remember when we were told that, oh, you can't run the country like a business. Remember all that? You can't run this country like a business. You can't apply business practices to, to governmental operations. Like the hell you can't. Again, once again, we're, we're told these things by people who we have trusted. We're told these things by the, uh, the, the George Wills of the world or the, or the, or the Carl Roves of the world only to realize that they really don't care about the regular, average, everyday American. They care about feathering their own nests and propping up uh, political operations as opposed to caring about the American worker or, or the regular person. And so President Trump held what was essentially uh, a board meeting yesterday with his, with his, uh, with his uh, cabinet, and he said, "Get rid of the fat, get rid of the waste, and and that's how we're gonna, that's how we're gonna, that's how we're gonna do this. Get rid of the fat, get rid of the waste, and that's how this is all going to, uh, that's how this is all going to happen. We have people, by the way, like uh, then we have people like Ben Sass, who." Uh, I I can't tolerate this guy. He's the never Trump Republican, and now apparently, what he's got a he's got a book out now, apparently, or something. I don't know what it is. I heard him babbling on 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 uh, outnumbered the other day. It's like, oh lord, this guy is such a. I can't stand the guy. First of all, to me, he's an empty suit, uh, and and he he's he got lucky. With the Tea Party, and of course he's then he appears on the View. All right, he's on the View, and there's a picture of him with John McCain, and he's in his gym shorts or whatever. And there's Ben Sass. It's just this guy's so insufferable, and 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 he was at the time he was, uh, 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 yes, God, I don't. His book is crap. Basically, so sorry, sorry to refute what you said, but I don't care what he did on NPR with his book. Ben Sass is a guy who would just as soon throw you under the bus 
as he would anybody else. This guy was a never Trumper. If Ben Sass had his way, had his way, we would all be under Hillary Clinton's thumb right now. Uh, and, and and if that were the case, uh, we'd have a horrible economy. We'd have tumult around the world, and and so if Ben Sass had his way, we would actually be, it would be President Hillary Clinton, and on the and at the same time too, by the way, uh, Ben Sass was the guy who uh, had a was writing a book. Okay, so Ben Sass can't sell books about how uh, we're soon never going to have Christmas trees in the public square anymore uh, because the Democrats because, – because guys like Ben Sass and all of his uh, – some of his conservative uh, proper-uppers in, in radio, like a guy like Glenn Beck, these guys, their, their whole getup was dependent on Democrats being in power because otherwise they didn't have any power. It, it's kind of like some Republican co- politicians. Democrats in power help them because then they they raise money uh, fighting Democrats. Oh, they're going to take your guns away. Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they're going to do that. And and because they don't have any ideas themselves. Get a guy like President Trump talking about the economy. You're on onto something. Now, here's the other thing. Ben Sass's book is. Uh, is another example of these people. They, th- they talk about this thing called tribalism. And so we've all got to be really concerned about tribalism and about how uh, we support one thing over another and we're continue fighting. All these people who have been defeated now suddenly are talking about how we need bipartisanship. We have to end this tribalism. No, 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 no. Tribalism is what got us President Trump in office. So pardon me if I'm not a fan of you not being a fan of tribalism. Usually the people who are not fans and, and actually call it tribalism are the people who have been left behind by winners. And Ben Sass is a perfect example of that. Hillary Clinton, all these other people making their speeches. Oh, this, this, this environment of tribalism is just so bad. We need, we need to all come together. It's like, no, 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 we don't. You, you guys told us that during the election, right? Oh, we should all just come together. Usually what that is, that's code for you need to uh, agree with us. Oh, he's very divisive. What does that mean? He doesn't agree with me. Oh, okay, gotcha. He's uh, he's uh, divisive. He's um, po- oh, the other one is oh, uh, President Trump is very polarizing. Oh, really? Why is that? Because he doesn't agree with me. That's what you. Anybody who talks to you like this about people being polarizing or divisive, it usually means they just don't agree with that person. That's that's always the case. Oh, he's a very polarizing figure. Yeah, we need polarizing figures. Because you know what? It's fun. It's productive. It's meaningful to fight for something. Because, because for 25 years, we had both parties that really actually weren't fighting for something. They were the back-slapping Tip O'Neill, uh, Newt Gingers, you know, colleagues, my colleague from the this and my colleague from that. Meanwhile, they're all plotting to bend us over every day of the week.
And it wasn't until President Trump came in and said, you know what? We're ending this. This is done. We're going to drain the swamp. We're going to change the way things go. I'm going to have a cabinet meeting where I face off with every single one of my cabinet members and tell them to cut their budgets 5%. I'm going to tell the Chinese to kiss my rear end. I'm going to renegotiate NAFTA, just the thing the Democrats promised to do for heaven knows how long but never did. You realize that, right? So on down the line, he comes in, and, 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 and he's the chief of the good tribe, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of tribalism. I'm a fan of partisanship. I'm not a fan of the Republican Party versus the Democratic Party, because I think both of them, they're the, they're, they're the ones who are the tribes. They, they, but, but, the, but the problem is, we're not a member of their tribes. That, that's my, my biggest concern, is we're not, we're not really a member of their tribes. So there's tribalism, but it's with these parties, not with us. So don't, 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 be, don't be wooed into these people who, are, who talk to you about, oh, there's so, we're living, we live in such a divisive era. Good. That's what we need. Look what it's getting us. And the only people, again, complaining about tribalism and complaining about division and, and, and lack of bipartisanship are the losers. That, that, it's precisely like if you go to one of the losing – it's like, like if the Cardinals said, you know what? We ought to shorten the season to three games. That's what we ought to do. This whole 162-game thing is, is, is so divisive. This this one hundred sixty two game season is uh, is very polarizing. You know what I mean now, boy? That pitcher who pitches ninety eight miles an hour that I can't hit, he's a very divisive pitcher, wouldn't you say? Yep, yep, absolutely. I love that pitcher. You know why? Because he divides you from the W column. Or maybe I should do it with a more uh, modern. Uh, or a more uh, apropos, appropriate seasonal uh, thing like football. So with football, it's like it's like uh, uh, the Rams are now what are they five and zero now, or six and zero or whatever it is. It's like it's like the other team saying, you know what, the Rams shouldn't play any more games. They're being very divisive. Get it now? The people who complain about the playing field are always the losers. They're always that's why you get the people who say, you know what? This whole thing about the uh this electoral college thing, maybe we ought to reconsider that. Why is that? Because we lost an election. Oh, I gotcha. And believe me, it works both ways. I told you a while back that uh that 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 the Republicans were running this rap about changing the Electoral College, too. This was a couple of years ago. This was after Romney's defeat. Hey, we have an idea. We're going to divvy up the uh, the the uh, votes now based on we're gonna, so we're not going to have one state just give all of its electoral votes. We're going to divide it based on the, uh, the 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 percentage of the vote. Because you know why? They showed me a map. They said. Automatically, a Democrat starts with uh, uh, 240 electoral votes. That's, that's the map that one Republican gave me uh, when the, he was trying to push this. I won't mention his name because he's, you know, I, it's not necessary. 
because I'm not attacking him. But he gave me a map. And, and, and the map was a map of the uh, current electoral situation that basically laid this out. And it said that, uh, that a Democrat, this was prior to 2016, a Democrat starts the election process, the campaign process, with 240 electoral votes. And that's based on historical numbers. That's based on past elections and everything else. And, and so the, they automatically start with that many, that many votes. And so they said this is making it impossible for, for Republicans to, to win the White House with Democrats having this stronghold. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, not if you have a Republican who's, who's dedicated to changing the electoral map and working hard to change it. Then, 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 then you're, then, then you're on to something. And that's exactly what President Trump did. And I said this at the very beginning of the election. I, I, I said uh, uh, in 2016, when everything started, I said, in order for President Trump to win, he's going to have to redraw the electoral map. And if he does, he wins. And that mean, that's why you saw him in places where otherwise people generally wouldn't go. You saw him a lot in Wisconsin and in Pennsylvania, where states that otherwise would normally go Democrat. You saw him working for votes in these places. You recently saw him, by the way, in Minnesota, which is which is uh, one of the places that would always go Democrat. But in the end, you know, he really does. Uh, he's going to fight. And 2020, my goodness gracious, if if whoever steps up in the Democratic Party wins one state, it'll be a miracle. President Trump's on the path, on a landslide path right now. The numbers are incredible. He's more successful than Ronald Reagan was two years into his first term. He's more successful than Reagan was when he was two years into his first term. And Reagan won by a landslide in 84. In fact, Mondale only won one state, and it was, uh, it was uh, Minnesota. And it just happened to be Mondale's home state. So now you know why I got like Ben Sass is out there complaining and whining and, and preaching about tribalism. And, of course, every liberal on earth loves to hear Ben Sass say that. And every never-Trumper on earth loves it, too, because uh, they're losers. And so they want to sit there and they want to turn everybody down a notch. Yeah, that's the ticket. Let's talk about tribalism, how anybody who stands for something is, a, is, a, is tribalist. That everybody who stands for something is a... Uh, is is polarizing is it's divisive let's let's take that racket so guess what ben sass of course appears on the view and much like ben sass who's just a a pansy sat there with bill maher when he used the n-word and laughed right because ben sass is such a kiss ass so he goes on Bill Maher's show. Bill Maher runs around and, and uses the, the, the N-word, and there's Ben Sass, Mr. Conservative, sitting there nodding approvingly. So, of course, he goes on The View and sells everybody out because, he, because Ben Sass is a kiss-ass. 
So he goes on The View because he's Mr. Gentle, sweater-wearing conservative now who's, oh, back in the day, John McCain and I were pals. Of course, no wonder John McCain loved you. John McCain loved you because he hated Trump, too. So that's why when John McCain's funeral was going on, uh, it was Ben Sass who was a part of the anchor team of of the Arizona I think I think uh, McCain had like ten funerals. Hell, he had more funerals than Lincoln did. It seemed, but he had ten funerals. Uh, but the but the one in Arizona was uh, was anchored by Ben, none other than Ben Sass. And so he, uh, so the minute he was talking about how, oh yeah, I was I back in the day, and, and at one point Ben Sass, who's the first one to tell you, boy, Donald Trump and his tweeting, he's really just so, uh, uh, he's really just so coarse. Ben Sass had the nerve to tell one of his stories about John McCain, waxing poetically about how John McCain would cuss a blue streak in a meeting walk out in a huff, and then come back is very peaceful. And Ben Sass was like, that was just so amazing how, how, how John McCain could at one point be so hardcore and so yelly and cuss, but then come back and be so nice. That was really amazing. I said, I was like, Ben Sass, why do you look up to that? And, 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 and yet uh, President Trump is too coarse for you. They should have primaried Sass a long time ago. So here he is on The View. Not only is Ben Sass the currently serving junior senator from the great state of Nebraska, but he's also the... The idea that Joy Behar, look at how she's glowingly talking about Ben Sass, who she wouldn't agree with one thing this guy campaigned on in Nebraska. But there's Joy Behar. She loves Ben Sass because he hates Donald Trump, and so does she. And I know you guys are thinking, well, no, I thought Ben Sass uh, had went to um, to uh, to the White House. Of course he did, because Ben Sass was sucking up the Donald Trump too. And so now, instead of being a never Trumper, he's on this tear about tribalism and lecturing all of us that we just need to calm down about what we stand for and and invite our neighbors over for coffee and talk about the issues. I'm going. I'm not inviting my neighbor over for coffee to talk about the issues. I'm going to the voting booth. And again, I don't mind talking about issues. I don't mind talking to people about things. I'm, obviously, I, I don't mind having uh, you know conversations with people. I think that's a good thing. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and instead of standing up for what I believe in, have a neighbor over for coffee to talk it all out. It's like, bleh. you got to be kidding me. If that neighbor disagrees with me, I'll see him at the voting booth. Or, you know, when I get a chance, I'll tell them what I think. And if they don't like it, that's fine. I mean, I'm very tolerant of, of opposing views. I, I just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to fight you about them and, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see at the voting booth. Anyway, there's Joy Behar. Author of the new book, Them, Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. Oh, God. I wonder if I'm in that book. I mean, why we hate each other and how to heal. I mean, come on. We don't hate each other, Ben. 
Just because we happen to stand up for what we believe in, and you know what? The left-winger who stands up with what he believes is, is, is fine with me too. But we, but we, who, we don't hate each other. And, 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 and basically, how to heal. Oh, great. Ben's going to tell us all how to heal. You know what Ben's solution to healing is? Vote for George, vote for Jeb Bush. That'll heal you. Vote for Hillary Clinton and get healed. Because, because right now he believes that uh, America is in a situation of a sickness. And it's like, wait a minute. No, we're not. We just redrew NAFTA and put the U in the S first. Steelworkers are getting pay increases. Uh, J.B. Hunt Trucking says their industry is thriving I'm seeing businesses built all over the place. I'm seeing people expanding. I'm seeing people hiring. Geopolitically, we have North Korea at bay without writing them a check. We've got uh, the, the, the Davos Economic Forum saying we're the most competitive economy uh, in the world right now. So, so what is it, what is it that, that needs to heal and again, it just goes back to people like Behar and Ben Sass and these guys. These guys uh, think we're sick because we don't agree with them. Ben Sass is a loser, people. Ben Sass was on the losing end of the Never Trump movement, and now he's telling us how to heal? Again, that's like the Cardinals trying to, uh, to discuss with the Dodgers better ways of winning. You know what, Dodgers? You know what you're going to have to do? Come to St. Louis so we can teach you how to heal. And the Dodgers are like going, um, no thanks. Again, losers aren't in a position to lecture us on how to heal and certainly on how to win. And for whatever reason, Ben Sass thinks that's his job now. Ben Sass is going to be the... the uh, the, the sage of the Republican Party. It's like, dude, no thanks. Please welcome Senator Ben Sass. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you, Senator. Pleasure to have you here. You know, we were talking earlier about um, Trump on 60 Minutes last night. Did you see it? I haven't, but I've heard about it. Oh, it's it's a must-see viewing. <laughs> why, why hasn't Ben Sass seen that, by the way? I mean, he, he's, a, he's a sitting U.S. senator... The presence on 60 Minutes, why wouldn't you I mean, watch that? I don't know. Um, and I'll take your word for he it. He says that he never mocked Dr. Blasey Ford, um, that he was actually just, and, and that Sarah Huckabee Sanders backed him up. She said it was just factual information he was giving. But the audience was laughing as his uh, portrayal of Dr. Ford went on and on and on and on. Do you think he was mocking her or was he just giving facts? Uh, I was opposed to what the president did at that rally, and I went to the Senate floor and made a speech saying that this is some of why um, accusers don't come forward. We should handle right. it differently than this. So you agree with okay. Of course. What a suck ass this guy is. And the whole interview, eight minutes of it, was was all the same. And, they, and everybody loved it because Ben Sass was talking about how we need to heal and we're too divisive. Of course, the, the, the entire audience, including the whole set of the view, are on the losing end of an election. Of course they want some never-Trumper out there talking about how we all need to heal because they're, they're unhappy. 
But unfortunately for Ben Sass and for the rest of the crew, uh, they're going to be having a temperature, if that's what sickness is, for a long time to come. And November is not going to be any different. And that's really all I wanted to play at Ben Sass. And, and, and uh, just don't, folks, just don't listen to the people who continue to talk about how divisive we are and how polarizing the nation is and how tribalism is terrible and all this kind of stuff. If you, you'll see the common theme among all the people talking about this, and they're not people who support President Trump, and they're not a U.S. steel worker, they're not a trucker. They're not a small business owner. They're people who uh, are were on the losing end of this election. Don't listen to them. Tribalism. Where do I get my face paint? Because I love tribalism. Where, where, where do I pick up my spear? <laughs> oh, man, this is fun. It's fun until somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Thank you, Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing, Inc. DDTruckUSA.com. Thank you for the studio. Thank you to Eric DePuty, DeputyWellness.com. Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery, Proctor Spud Like Doctor. How about some Golden Oak Lending? Yeah, baby. Have them give you a mortgage checkup. That's what you can do. Free appraisal if you don't work out anything. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD, my friends. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All-State Agency 855 quote me. Nutrition HQ. Ricky Hall and the rest of the gang there taking good care of your bodies, helping you do whatever you want to do. Lose weight, get some energy up there, burn some fat, or just eat more healthily. Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks. Yes, indeed. And Santino Cigars and Cocktails, thank you guys for coming in. Mike and Mark and the rest of the gang, thank you for all your help there. And again, thank you to Southern Glazers for the Redemption Bourbon and Rye and for sponsoring the Radio Free Almond Halloween special yesterday at Lent Mansion. A ton of fun. RadioFreeAlmond.com is the website. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.